Welcome everybody, thank you for joining us again for another episode of uh, Rep Rewind, episode 8? I should really Stop. remember number. <laughs> I think it's 8. Yes, it is 8. Yeah, I'm staying on top of it. Uh, we are here today, we are going to be going through the Marshall Mathers LP 2. Uh, the album came out in 2013, yes, 2013. I did my research, I promise. Uh, um <laughs> <laughs> but yes it is the eight studio album by eminem it was released on november 3rd 2013 on aftermath shady records interscope um and it serves as a sequel to the third album but we consider it the second actual album uh the marshall mathers lp uh that came out in 2000 he recorded uh eminem recorded it from 2012 to 2013 with several producers uh Dr. Dre and Rick Rubin served as executive producers for the Marshall Mathers LP2. It also features guest appearances from Skylar Gray, Rihanna, Nate Ruse, and Kendrick Lamar, K-Dot. So the idea was to do a sequel of Marshall Mathers LP1, and it came about after Eminem recorded a handful of songs in the early stages of the creation of the album that reminded him of his earlier music. Though Eminem wanted to experiment with retro slash vintage style from uh, turntablism for the sequel. The album draws influence from arena rock and old school hip hop, mainly inspired by the Beastie Boys License to Ill era and LL Cool J's radio era. And you can definitely feel the influence in a bunch of those. So oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, especially the, the arena rock, I think, was what threw me off on some of them. Uh, like, the with like the whole Billy Squire covering and stuff like that yeah it's just like i was listening to it and i was like i was like he's trying to make a stadium song but not make a stadium song at the same time it was kind of weird um uh, but uh while the production is more minimalist than eminem's previous records uh the marshmallow lp2 was regarded as one of the most anticipated albums of 2013 the album was revealed during the 2013 mtv music awards in august 2013 alongside a preview of the single Berserk. Uh, it was followed by two more singles, Survival and Rap God. The Monster, featuring Rihanna, was released as the album's fourth single and reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, the album's fifth single, Headlights, featuring Roos, was released in 2014. I did not know he had five singles. Yep. Uh, so, Marshall Mathers' LP2 debuted at number one on the Billboard on the U.S. Billboard Top 200, selling more than 792,000 uh, copies in his first week in march 2017 it was certified quadruple platinum by the riaa or the recording industry association of america it was met with generally positive review by critics the album marked an improvement and reception over eminem's previous three albums and was named on multiple best album year-end lists it won eminem's uh, eminem made a record six grammy award for best rap album at the 2015 grammys um so yeah, it it did it did good commercial wise and everything. Um, I'm gonna say it now. I told you guys this before. I wasn't really feeling this album. Uh, it wasn't bad, but it also I don't know. I, I think it was average, and that's why I probably don't like it. Like it was just midline for him. Well, if you look at all the other albums that were nominated that year, um, uh, like what you said, Marshall Mathers LP two won the best rap album. The other uh. Artists, the other albums that were nominated were The New Classic by Iggy Azalea, Because the Internet by Childish Gambino, Nobody Smiling by Common, 
Oxymoron by Schoolboy Q, and Black Hollywood by Wiz Khalifa. That Childish Gambino album probably should have won. Say that one more time. That uh, that Childish Gambino because the internet is probably one of my favorite albums ever. Um, just great storytelling all the way through, and it was a performance piece. Like he did like three years of like being in character during like videos, interviews, everything. Is that the album, album that has? Is that the album that has three thousand five on it? Yes. Okay. It's the ones that have like all the track numbers, like Roman numerals, then the dot, then the name of the song. Right. Yeah, because three thousand five is technically v dot three dot three yeah 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 which yeah. also that song apparently is uh there's just a breakdown of that song uh on a video about just like all the um he when he was re- making the album he was going through he was reading like a bunch of uh exo existential crisis kind of stuff philosophies and stuff like that and right like the song plays on that but in a good words play about that's why he says uh, that's why I feel so lonely with everybody around me and stuff like that. Just, you know, we all feel that sometimes. Right. But, um, so on, let me get through, back to this. So on May 24th, 2012, Eminem revealed that he was working on his next album during an interview on Hot 97 Morning Show with Pete Rosenberg. On June 30th, 2012, Eminem talked about the album with DJ Who Kid on his uh, radio station Shade 45. He stated that the material was taking shape and that Dr. Dre would be involved in some way. Eminem explained, I usually get going and kind of start going a certain direction and just record what I feel. Then I'll go see Dre and fill in some of those pieces. Um, so on August 1st, 2012, Nick Craig interviewed Eminem on Channel 95.5 where he explained that he was working on the, working on the album was well, focused on finishing Slaughterhouse Shady Records debut, Welcome to Our House. Um, on August 12th, however, Eminem appeared on Shade 45 and told Sway Calloway, we actually just finished the Slaughterhouse album last week. Now I've got time to be able to start doing things on my own projects. That's a lot of just extra stuff written there for no reason. So right. Royce the 5'9 appeared on Eminem's rap fix. Oh, Eminem, on MTV's rap fix. I don't even know what that is. Uh, it was hosted by Callaway with his group Slaughterhouse on August 30th, 2012 and talked about Eminem's album. Uh, Royce confessed, Marshall is in the studio right now laying the most awesome lyrics in the world. I'm not so sure how the world is going to respond for some of the things that I've heard from him. So on August, uh, on February 8th, 2013, Shady Records president and Eminem's manager, Paul Rosenberg, told Billboard that Eminem's eighth studio album would be released after Memorial Day 2013, so May 27th. We fully expect we fully expect to be releasing a new album, uh, Eminem album in 2013. He's been working on it for some time, said Rosenberg. It's safe to say that it will be a post-Memorial Day at some point, but we're not exactly sure when. We've got some dates locked in for him to perform live in Europe in August, so we're trying to see what else lines up. On March 22nd, 2013, during an interview with Power 106, Dr. Dre said that he was working with Eminem and that Eminem was finishing up his project. On June 20, on June 17th, I can't read today, uh, 2013, Shady Records producer The Alchemist appeared on Rap Fix Live and tweeted that Shady Gods, one of the Stan fans, a.k.a. Uh, Sanic Kale Mathers, about Eminem's upcoming album. 
Uh, that's my boss. I DJ for him, and I'm not at liberty to speak on much. But you know his caliber and what he does. Clearly going to further territories. I think that I think what you would expect, especially after the last go round, he was just getting his feet back on relapse, and the recovery just came with the smashes and everything. And I think now he's Eminem. So prior to the announcement of the album's name, it was named to multiple most anticipated albums 2013's list, including MTV Complex, where it was listed in sixth position and later on in second, and Double X Era where it was listed in fifth. Um, I mean, he worked on it for what, a year and a half, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and it came out, what, two years, almost to the date? Uh, no, three years for recovery. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, recovery yeah. was 2010, and this was 2013. Yeah. Oh, this one came out in June 18th. Uh, recovery came out June 18th, 2010. So he tried to do at least three years from when recovery came out right um so uh let's just get to the tracks uh the opening track bad guy is produced by s1 m phases and street runner with a chorus sung by uh, sarah jaff the song has been described as a sequel to eminem stand from the marshmallow lsp uh did you guys feel that or Oh yeah. Oh pick yeah. up on that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh and for those that don't know, Stan, the song Stan is about a crazed fan who kills himself, his girlfriend, and their unborn child because of the lack of attention Eminem paid to him as a fan. Uh Bad Guy is about Stan's little brother Matthew, who loved his brother more than anything. Matthew Mitchell is all grown up now and he's seeking revenge for Stan's death. Uh, the one thing that I do really like about this is the song, it, it, it's sung from three different voices. Uh, did you guys pick up on that? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, especially the third verse. Third, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, third verse and kind of closer <clears throat> to that fourth, kind of like that in between. Um, yeah. So uh, the first we hear Stan's brother rapping in an apparently misogynist and hyper-aggressive style, kind of like Eminem's early work. And it's only after the f- third verse does this really become apparent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, second, you have a hybrid voice starting at about the 5 minute and 12 second mark. Uh, now, this is a really long song, by the way. Oh, it yeah, definitely like is. 7 minutes, uh, 15 seconds long. Yeah, uh, so starting at about 5.12, the fictional brother becomes Eminem's conscience and takes on a sinister double voice as Eminem is dying like Stan did. This portion is quite surprisingly introspective, vulnerable, and self-critical. He's always been good at this level of honesty, but this verse is really spectacular. It really and, is. Uh, if I can, just real quick, I didn't, I didn't want to no, cut no, you no. off. But Go ahead. He had, he had the one line... It was right at the beginning of verse four where he says, I also represent anyone on the receiving end of those jokes you offend. And this is the part that got me. I'm the nightmare you fell asleep and woke up still in. Like, whoa, okay. You know, like that that mm-hmm. bar, just just that one bar right there was like, that sounds like especially if you know the background and you know the content of the song. You know it's, what I mean? It's like, very sinister. Yeah. 
very yeah. sinister. Uh, and then the third voice um, starts at about the six minute fifty second mark, uh, and it's it's Eminem's own voice. Uh, and there's a bit of self self doubt in this, and he tries to explain why he has to keep doing what he's doing, but his voice sounds tired. It lacks intensity and power, um, very different from the first two. And then soon after, this persona just kind of fades away, uh, you know, kind of like the like the voice of doubt, right. Yeah, you know, and then it was the in like you kind of like when when you when you first hear the song, you know, it's always uh, especially in the first verse, it's like it's like um in this dirt digging up old hurt, tired, tried everything to get my mind off you, it won't work. You hear those first two bars and you think, okay, wait a second, is he talking about Kim again? But let's continue. All it takes is one song on the radio. You're right back on it, reminding me all over how you fucking just brushed me off. And left me so uh, burnt. Spent a lot of time trying to soul search. And then that's when you. You really start listening real intently. At that point. Because it's like. Huh. I wonder. I wonder what this is. What the, what this is about. Right. And then. You know. It goes through the chorus. Um, where it says. I flee the scene. Like it was my last ride. You see right through. Oh. You had me pegged. The first time. You can see the truth. But it's easier to justify what's what's bad is good, and I hate to be the bad guy. I just hate to be the bad guy. And then, really, from what you were talking about in the third verse, um, where it says, "Go ahead, go ahead." What were you gonna say? I I was gonna say, uh, when you really, really kind of uh, pick up on like who like that this is a sequel to Stan uh, is uh, it's in the third verse where he says, uh, yeah, that's where I was fixing to go. Go ahead. Dragged to the back of the trunk by one of your fans. Irony spectacular, huh? Now who's the faggot you punk? And here's your Broncos hat back. Uh, you can have it. You can have that shit back. Cause they suck. It's just me, you and the music now slim. I hope you hear it. We're in a car right now. Wait, here comes my favorite part. I'm the bad guy who makes fun of people that die. And hey, here's the sequel to my Mathers LP just to try to get people to buy. <clears throat> How's this for a publicity stunt? This should be fun. Last album now, because after this, you'll be officially done. Eminem killed by Eminem. Matthew Mitchell. Bitch, I even have your initials. Yep. Uh, like, that's when you really... It 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 kind of really sinks in. You're like, oh shit. Yeah. This... But then the next part, yeah, because well, he says, I I initially was gonna bury you next to my brother, but fuck it. And then you start to thinking, especially like if you, especially if you haven't heard the uh, Marshall Mathers LP in a while, and you start thinking to yourself, wait a second, bury you next to my brother, fuck it, Matthew Mitchell. You could have signed an autograph for my little brother Matthew. Stan Stan Mitchell. Holy shit, that's his brother. Like. It hits you out of nowhere almost. Yeah. Even though you anticipate it, it's still like that moment of, oh shit. So that's when you realize, okay, because it because it because M doesn't tell you off off the rip that this is a continuation. You just like, oh, it's Eminem, it's bad guy. You know, like, okay, we'll we'll see what this is. And then you find out it's a continuation. And it's like, oh shit. <laughs> so yeah. What about yeah. you, Raj? No, I mean. 
uh, I just didn't like how long it is, but it had to be long. She told a story fully, I guess. But other right. than that, it, it it was pretty good. Uh, and it, it, I do like that it sort of shifts back and forth, uh, like as the versus progressive shifts from one to another. So it's still told two different perspectives pretty well. Uh, it was a good way to start this, the album. Right. Yeah, I I thought it was a good way to start the album too because it it, it definitely let you know this was a, a a direct sequel, not just in name. Like, you know, like here's this song that is a continuation of a song from the first Mathers LP. Yeah. Right. And then the very next uh, track is parking lot and it's a skit where the teller says don't kill me hurry the fuck up shoots the teller thank you starts running which is a continuation of the scene from the last song on the Marshall Mathers LP criminal that little bitty part where him and uh who was with him in the car uh wasn't it bizarre nah it wasn't bizarre it was somebody else I can't remember exactly who it was um but uh, you know what? Fucking, it, it don't matter. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so he's running, running, running. It's like go, go, go! What the fuck? The fuck did the fuck did he go? Motherfucker, bail on me! Fuck, fuck you! And then you know, oh, you got fucking you kidding me? You got to be fucking kidding me? He's panicking. He climbs the fences. He's screaming, "Get off!" He shoots a dog, laughs. You hear sirens, parking lot shit. Then the officer goes, "Let me see your hands. Bend over." Him's like, ah, oh, fuck it. And then you just hear the gunshot and he basically takes himself out because he don't want to get, you know, taken to prison or whatever. Um, so I guess we now know the conclusion of that one part of Criminal, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and then from there, we go on to the next actual song, uh, Rhyme or Reason. Uh <laughs> I like this song. It's it's very early Eminem esque with like a touch of arena rock. Yes, uh, but uh, he kind of goes off on a lyrical hate spew against everything, especially his dad. He switches the script from his earlier albums, uh, and instead of writing a diss track against his mom. Uh, as he did in O2 on the Mathers LP2, this time he apologizes to a mom to his mom and writes a complete diss track to his dad. Um, now it does contain a sample from the classic rock song, the zombie uh, that the zombies did in 1969, called "Time of the Season." Uh, he he did a, use on this album. He used a lot of like old school samples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He um, really did. So, but yeah, I I, I kind of dug this song. It, not one of the best songs on the album, but like the way that the like he kind of raps over the beat and everything, like it's. I, I thought it was really good, and this track was produced by Rick Rubin, so that's yeah. why it has that kind of classic arena rock feel to it. And it's got that bass line that you guys that boom 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 
you know, and it's got the whole, ah, like those little, you know, those little sounds and then, you know, little things that in there that make it sound, you know, different, you know, because this one, it, I liked it personally. Um, but I mean, it went in one my top five, but I did like the, like the song. What'd you think about it, Roger? It, it was all right. Like I said, I, I didn't hate the album, but a lot of it just, I, it was really average. It just kind of off for the fact that it's supposed to be a sequel, but he's doing arena rock. Like, I, I think Rick Rubin had a lot to do with that. It, it's just, it, I don't know. It's just weird to me. Like, not a, like I didn't, like I said, I don't hate the album. It's just really strange. And I did listen to it again. And I just, I had to say like feel to it. I was like, uh, it's not bad, but kind of strange. Like, why? Like, what was the point of this? Right. Yeah. The third verse, though, is I think is when he went go because he goes. So yeah, Dad, let's walk. Let's have the father and son talk. But I bet we won't probably get one block without me socking your block off. This is all your fault. Um, he's like, maybe that's why I'm so bananas. I appealed to all your walks of life, whoever had strife, maybe that's what dad and son talks are like. Cause I related to the struggles of young America. Cause I related to the struggles of young America when their parent, when their fucking parents were unable, unaware of their troubles. Now they're ripping out their fucking hair again. It's hysterical. I chuckle as everyone bloodies their bare knuckles. Yeah. Uh Oh, better beware knuckleheads. The sign of my hustler, side of my hustle says don't knock the door's broken it won't lock it might just fly open get cold cocked you critics come to pay me a visit misery loves company please wait a minute trip tonight to a hypocrite zip your lip if you dish out if you dish it but can't take it too busy getting stoned in your glass house to kick rocks when you wonder why I lash out Mr. Mather's as as advertised on the flyers so spread the word because i'm promoting my passion till i'm passed out completely brain dead rain man doing a bank head in a restraint chair so bitch shoot me a look it better be a blank stare oh shit i just caught that or get sorry or get shanked in the pancreas i'm angrier than eight other reindeers okay i'm trying to find out where else he says okay so that may have just been the only part where he talked about his father no, uh, near the end, he says, uh, but I'm a criminal 10-year-old degenerate grabbing on my genitals. The last okay. Mathers LP done went diamond. This time I'm predicting that this one will go emerald. <clears throat> when will the madness end? How can it when there's no method to the pad and pen? The only message that I have to send is, Dad, I'm dad. back at it again. Okay. And then the answer is like, bitch, who your dad? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I thought it was a, a, a pretty good song, and, and I liked how he um, he he kind of like there at the end he kind of went into like if you remember the flow he did on Criminal, uh, that last line that I just said, uh, he did that yeah. in that same cadence. Yeah. So, uh, what what say you, Raj? I just have my part for this one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, like, I, I like the album. Oh, like I said, I like the album. I like the song overall. I just thought it was weird that he did stay in rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, just didn't expect it, but not a bad thing. 
Right. Okay. All right, well, let's move on to the very next track on the list. The next track is called So Much Better. Um, yep. uh, now, what I do like about this song, real quick, is the beat to this song is just a slightly modified version of the one that he used on the track Criminal from the first Mathers LP. Yeah, it was a little bit like Criminal, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yep. Uh, and it, it seems to be... Uh, to me, I kind of got uh, like it was a throwback to Puke, uh, featuring a similar topic, uh, as well as kind of stretching and repeating words or syllables mm-hmm. like uh, boo-hoo, like how he stretched that out uh, or whatnot. Uh, like I, I know y'all remember me tell saying that uh, like two weeks ago when we did uh, was it relapse or when we did recovery when I was like every song on this is is basically a direct sequel to a song on the first one and you guys were like no it can't be it can't be but like if you actually like, pay attention and and like listen to the cadences and everything like they are no no no. i agree with what you said but all i was saying was it didn't line up track wise because you were like one 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 is a continuation of one two is a continuation of two that's what i got well, from no. that and i was like no, no that's not stan right. wasn't the first song on uh that's that's what that's why i was confused because that's that's what that's what i thought you were saying Mm-mm. no no, but I get what you I get, I get you I get what you're saying now. Yeah. But uh, anyway. But so so overall, what'd y'all think of so much better? This is one of those meh songs to me. Yeah, like, definitely. <laughs> it, it, it's it's not terrible, but it's it, it, I don't know, it kind of doesn't fit the album. I mean we there's that we've said that pretty much about every Eminem album. It's like you have this trend of songs and then you get this song that just kind of doesn't fit in with that trend. But the thing is, so since this, this is supposed to be a sequel to the first one, doesn't it sort of fit? Exactly. I mean, it does. But I, I don't know. I still felt like it was out of place, even though it wasn't. I don't know. It was weird to explain. I did like the beat, though. Oh yeah, the beat was good. Uh, <laughs> I uh, it, it's like the the first verse it is. It's really weird. He's like, "Bitch, where were you? Uh, where the fuck were you Tuesday? With who you say? I wasn't at the studio, bitch. What do you say? Screw Dre. You went there looking for me. Boo. That excuse is too lame. Keep playing me. You're gonna end up with a huge huge goose egg." You fake lying slut. You never told me you knew Drake or Lupe. Uh, you want to lose two legs? You trying to flip this on me? If I spent if I spent more time with you, you say, okay, hey, I'm cuckoo a. <clears throat> well, screw you, and I'll be the third person you screwed today. Oh, fourth, Dre, Drake, Lupe, Touche. You know, it's like <laughs> it's it's. I I don't the cadence that he he spits it's like it's goofy but it it, it's really only the second time that he's used like that kind of cadence and the first was on puke 
off of the first Mathers LP. Yeah. Uh, That's so. dope. Some of our audio listeners. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't a terrible song. It was just kind of, to me, it was kind of meh. Like he, he's definitely spitting, but it's not about anything. Yeah, it's just it. Uh, what, what 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 do you always say, Roger? It's 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 a song. Just he, he just put just words to be together. a song. Yeah, yeah, it's a song. Yeah. Just to be a song. Yeah. Uh, All right. Which is really, which I feel bad about coming right after recovery. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, not all of them are going to be out the park songs every single one, every single time, you know. So, yeah. All right. Uh, Next song was, uh, oh, you have something else to say? No, no, no. I was going to say next up is Uh, Survival. I love this song. Um, and in this song, uh, Eminem vibrantly attempts to cement his top spot in the rap game with the Darwin uh, Darwin theory of natural selection as a motif. He applies the idea of survival of the fittest to rap and claims that he is one of the fittest rappers, which is the reason why the species Eminem has survived in the game for almost two, two decades and why he's still there. Throwing in many uh, appropriate animal and fighting references, Eminem sees himself at the top of rap's food chain, full of motivation. Uh, he demonstrates that he has been persevering and achieving to this day. Um, now, this song did debut. Uh, exclu- it was it was debuted exclusively by the video game franchise Call of Duty for the trailer of their 2013 installment, Ghost. Yeah, uh, Ghost came out two thousand thirteen. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, and it was the uh, what third, third time that uh, there had been an Eminem song used uh, in the trailer for a Call fourth, of Duty game. Fourth, fourth, fourth song we used. Yeah, for Call of Duty. Till I Collapse was on Modern Warfare oh, Two. Yeah. Won't Back Down was from Black Ops, and Love the Way You Lie was actually featured. At the um, at the for Black, Black Ops, Ops press also. conference at E3, which is weird yeah. that that was the song. That yeah, the way you lies used for a Call of Duty song. <laughs> that, yeah, that was... it could be about somebody being pronged to snipe. You never know. I, yeah, I, I love the I way you lie. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you don't even hear it. You never hear uh, the shot that takes you down. You don't play Call of Duty. <laughs> you hear every shot that takes you down. Call of Duty, even solid shot. Some of the snipe yeah. shots you don't. Uh, you hear him. Yeah, you, you hear just, him. You just hear the... <laughs> and, then you, and then you hear the racist, homophobic two-year-old. <coughs> yeah. You, you hear homophobic. the what now? I'm sorry, I was coughing. What did you say? <laughs> so you hear the racist, homophobic two-year-old cussing at you. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I mean... <laughs> Am I, though? Yes. No. <laughs> um... I mean, he, he starts <laughs> out in the first verse where he says, uh, you know, wasn't ready to be no millionaire. I was ill-prepared, but I was prepared to be ill, though. The skill was there from the beginning. It wasn't about the ends. It was about busting raps and standing for something fucking acronym. Cut the fucking act like you're happy I'm fucking back again. Uh, with another anthem, why stop when it doesn't have to end? 
it ain't over till I say it's over enough. When I say enough, <clears throat> throw me them wolves and close the gate up. I'm afraid of what'll happen to them wolves. Uh, when the thought of being thrown into an alligator pit, I salivate at it. Wait is up, hands up like it's 12 noon. Nah, homie, hold them bitches straighter up. Wave them till you dislocate a rotator cuff. Came I up just rough. got that reference. <laughs> hold your hands up like... Like I, I like I feel like that's like there has to be something there, and I just now got it. I got it. Wow! What the hands oh. up like 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 twelve noon? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Because both hands on both the hands are up are at twelve. Up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, he says, "Wave them till you dislocate, dislocate a rotator cuff." Come on, rough. Uh, came to ruffle feathers, not nah, egos. I ain't deflate enough. Last chance to make this whole stadium erupt. And then it goes into the chorus. It says, uh, this is the survival of fitness. This is do or die. This is winner take all. So take it all. Son. That's right. Um, but yeah, this this song, it's it's definitely a uh it, it it's definitely him kind of saying, you know, I, I'm I'm at the top of the fucking food chain now. You know, I took right. some time off. We had a we we had a trash album. I mean, Eminem even says that he that relapse was like garbage. He, he just wants to throw that shit out. Um, and then you you hit with recovery, and now you're coming with uh, Marshall Mathers LP two, and it's like, look, I, I'm I'm back on top where I'm supposed to be, uh, and everything. Yeah, and uh, and for me, I love the rock element to it. Um, because there is kind of that, that it reminded me, this song particularly reminded me so much of won't back down from his pre from the recovery album. It just sounded a little bit more like what you said, more rock anthem type. If you know yeah. What I mean. Uh, I don't know if he used a sample in this one or not. Uh, if it was Rick Rubin produced it probably. <sighs> it doesn't show any sample credits to his, to the, to the song. Yeah. I'm not seeing any sample credits. Eminem did the Eminem and Mike Strange did the mixing. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Liz Rodriguez think, did the vocals in the chorus. Yeah, I don't think um, Ruben had anything to do with this one. Uh, so uh, the next song up is, uh, man, it's a really telling song, um, and uh, it, it's a song called Legacy. And uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, this is this is one of my favorite songs on the record, actually. Uh, but in, in an interview with Rolling Stone, Eminem says, "I don't know if anyone will get this. This is like a super nerdy, uh, but the rhyming words in this song never change, and that's just one of the things that I do to try to challenge myself. I wanted to try to make a whole song where the rhyming words never changed." Uh, and the whole song as rhymes, the vowels sound of, um, I, all, and in. Yeah. Does it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it says, 
In the first verse, he goes, I used to be the type of kid that would always think the sky is falling. Why am I so differently wired? Am I a Martian? What kind of twisted experiment am I involved in? Because I don't belong in this world. That's why I'm scoffing at authority, defiant often, flying off the handle at my mom. No dad, so I'm non-compliant at home. At school, I'm just showing awkward. And I don't need no GD psychiatrist trying to diagnose why I have all these underlining problems, thinking he can try and solve them. I'm outside cranking up drawings on the sidewalk in my front yard, in my front drive, talking to myself, either that or inside, hiding off in the corner somewhere, quiet, trying not to be noticed because I'm crying and sobbing. I had a bad, I had a bad day at school, so I, so I ain't talking. Some cocksucker shoved me in the fucking locker because he said that I eyeballed him. You know, so you can kind of see the, the, the cadence within, you know, his rhymes. You yeah. know, whenever he's talk, whenever he's talk, you know, and but but even the first, even the first bar where he's like, I used to be the type of kid that would always think the sky is falling. Why am I so differently wired? Am I a Martian? You know, name one, you know, teenager, you know, listen to this song, or even one, you know, young adult, or hell, even somebody my age or older, listening to that. You know, and thinking to himself like, "Yeah, I was, I was that weird kid too." You know what I mean? Where were all the weird kids? Yeah, I mean, who's normal? <laughs> Is this what I'm saying? I think I got it. I may have. Well, no, yeah, well, no. Roger got it worse. Uh, yeah, I'm brown. Yeah, <laughs> you definitely got it worse. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, just think before we hit the record button. Roger and I were talking about esports, and you you were kind of <laughs> he's like, trying to make us not talk about it. Off, no, in. no, it wasn't that I wasn't trying to make you not talk about it. It's just that I don't, I feel left out. Like, damn, like I want to know shit too. You know what I mean? I mean, have you started watching the F one series at all? I started watching episode one, but then again, I think it was from a couple of seasons ago, so I'm catching well, yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, we want you, you to do. Start with. Yeah. Season one, episode one. I think you want to stay more current, you know. No, cause... no, definitely watch the older ones. Yeah, because okay. that's that's what's going to get you caught up. You're gonna that's where you're gonna find like since you've never watched F one before, that's where you're gonna find who kind of your favorite driver is or whatnot. You well, know, that's also the season that follows Danny Rick and why yeah. everybody loves him. Yeah. Danny Rick is a national treasure. <laughs> Fucking <Okay>. Australian. <laughs> well, damn. No, shout out to all of our shout out to all of our Australian uh, listeners right now. Forget what Australian said. listeners. Oh yeah, we we have a couple of Australian listeners. I know. Uh, one of my friends is actually an Australian EDM uh, artist. Hell yeah. Be kind of hard to set anything up because you know time zones and stuff. Right. Right. No, but it's like what like. Three o'clock in the afternoon while we're like, no, no, no. It's really, it's a huge time difference. Okay. So like 12 noon, 12 midnight kind of difference? No, it's like 3 p.m. and then like 1 a.m. or something like that. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's a really weird time difference. Anyway. But anyway, but now, but back to this song, Legacy. Um, It was, what did y'all think of it personally? I mean, I thought it was good uh it's it's definitely like him kind of reminiscing and 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 say you know like this is like it 
for for lack of a better term and not to be too cliche but like this is his legacy and this is what people are going to remember him for nothing else yeah pretty much but i mean i don't like a lot of this a lot of the lyrics throughout the songs are very introspective and you know talk about his mind frame about just how successful he is and how he got all the famous like just thrown upon him how did they want it like even now like he's such an introvert he doesn't want to be famous and it's weird <laughs> yeah right he doesn't want to be famous he doesn't want to be uh, i mean uh, you know in, in he the doesn't previous want to track color. he doesn't want yeah. to be a shot caller yeah it, you know he said he wasn't prepared to be a millionaire uh you know he just wants to rap and right. be the best that that has done it. Right. Like that's his only goal is he wants he has shit to say and he wants to rap. Right. I was looking at this one verse of uh, this one couple bars in the third verse where he goes now now you fucking worship the ground on which I'm walking me against the world so what I'm Brian Dawkins versus the whole 016 Lions offense so bring on the Giants Falcons and Miami Dolphins. <laughs> It's a body bag game, bitch. I'm supplying the coffins because your dick, your dick's butt kiss bunch of Brian Ballingers. Bunch of Brian Ballingers. I'm sorry. Um, You're going to die, ball liquor. I've been diabolical with this dialogue since 99 Rockus. In reference to Rockus Records um, from 19 Most Deaf, all that, you know. So, yeah. But, but uh, one part he says, you don't you don't respect my legacy. I leave behind. Y'all can suck my dick the day you beat me. Pigs will fly out my ass. Like, damn. You yeah. Mean ba- <laughs> I mean, that's that's basically him saying that nobody's ever going to beat him. And I mean, to this right. day, nobody has. We're talking about Machine Gun Kelly, bro. Man, he did not win that battle. Chris Kirkpatrick. Who? <laughs> the dude from NSYNC. Everlast. Benzino. Benzino. <laughs> ja Rule. Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon definitely won the battle, actually. <laughs> you out your fucking <laughs> mind. Nick Cannon body bagged this man. That's why he went Bro. to hide it for a few more years. <laughs> Sometimes I just cannot take your dumb ass seriously. I don't know what the fuck I'm going <laughs> We're sitting here having an intelligent conversation. What you gonna say next? Riff Raff can beat Eminem? Oh, for sure. You dumbass. Genius. His bar's above everybody's mentality. He said no tin on the glasses, Colonel Sanders. That's not a bar. That's stupid. It is a bar. Colonel Sanders' glasses don't have tins. We've been over this. But I'm still look, look, I ain't even I ain't even processed the riffraff shit. I'm still telling Nick body Eminem. <laughs> body bag after body bag. Put your body bag in a body bag. That's what he did to that man. Bro, we don't I, talk I, about that. We don't talk about that 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 rapper. Uh a, a lot of people <laughs> look That's the bad tip nine. Mm. <laughs> I, I would say I'll probably get a lot of flag for this, but I would say the the closest anybody came 
to put an M in a body bag. A biscuit. Was bullshit. It was. <laughs> no, the closest anybody ever came to putting him in a body bag was MGK. Britney Spears. Britney Spears. No. <laughs> With what? <laughs> what? Posting nude pictures on Instagram? She can do it now. She's living her life now. Finally. Maybe she, she does nobody need in a body bag. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's she steer this conversation right back where it needs to go. Uh, <laughs> but 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 they bag. but WWE also used Legacy for the uh, for the for the build up to the John Cena Bray Wyatt match at thirty, which I still say Bray Wyatt should have won, but whatever. Uh, we don't want to talk Cena about had that to win. Lol. No, we don't want to talk so, about that. Just ask Rusev. Yeah. Oh God. Came uh, out on a flipping tank. But don't don't bring it up again. Who are you cheering yeah. for, Roger? The, the guy with the tank. Fucking tank. <laughs> the guy with a great theme song and a fucking tank. <laughs> Go back and listen to that episode, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Most controversial WrestleMania moments. God, it still doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. Anyway, uh, next up yes. in the, the track listing is a song called Asshole. Uh, Name the song after Roger. Awesome. Now, M's lyrical, M's lyrical complexity is an all-time high. He spits, as the title may suggest, like an asshole. Uh, now, Skylar Gray is featured on this track and plays uh, on all the backlash of the original uh, Mathers LP's musical content as support. Now, M does have a throwback to My Name Is, uh, where he samples the lyric, lyrics thanks for the support asshole and a rolling stone said or and as rolling stone said uh in true eminem fashion he proudly steps into shoes that fit and makes listeners aware that he's aware of his self-destructive self while disturbingly feeding off of it right uh so yeah uh man so you think uh, this was kind of the, so w- would you say this one is basically a continuation of uh my name is or is it just like a no he just kind of he just kind of did a callback to that with that line you know ripped off his own shit pretty much <laughs> yeah uh i mean he starts the first verse there's like no no intro to this song it's it literally just straight into the first ber- verse where he says you know, came into the world at the time when it needed a villain uh, an asshole that role I think I succeeded in filling <clears throat> but don't think I ever stopped to think that I was speaking to children everything was happening so fast it was like I blinked sold three million then it all went blank all I remember is feeling ridiculous because I was getting sick of this feeling like I'm always under attack man I could have stacked my shit list to the ceiling uh, women dissing but really thinking if anyone else talks to one of my little girls like this I would kill them guess i'm a little bit of a hypocrite yep. when i'm ripping shit but since when did this many people ever give a shit what i had to say it's just my opinion if it contradicts how i'm living put a dick in your rear end <laughs> bro uh that's why every time you mentioned a lyric i thanked you for it for drawing more attention toward it because <clears throat> it gave me an enormous platform i'm flattered you thought i was that important but but you can't ignore the fact that I 
fought for the respect and battled for it. Mad Awards had Glad annoyed and he had G-L-A-A-D. Yeah. Uh, boy. <clears throat> they told me to slow down. I'd zone out. Good luck trying to convince a blonde. It's like telling Gwen Stefani she stole, she sold out because I was trying to leave no doubt. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Wordplay. Wordplay. Uh, in anyone's mind, one day I'd go down in history, think they know now because everybody knows. And then Skylar Gray hits that uh, chorus, and she's like, everybody knows that you're just an asshole. Everywhere that you go, people want to go home. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. So don't pretend to be nice. There's no place there's no place you can hide. Uh, you're just an asshole. Everyone knows. Asshole. Yo. Yeah, you got that Kennedy. Anderson. <laughs> mm. Same difference. We all know that wrestling is real. And people are fake. People are fake. <laughs> yep. Uh, so so what did you guys think of this song? I liked it. I liked I it. Was it was all right. It was pretty good, yeah. Yeah. He did, he did a lot of callbacks in this one, um, in some respects. You know, he did the callback with um, My Name Is. Um, Hollaback Girl. Mm-hmm. Hollaback Girl. <laughs> uh, he did another callback with, he mentioned his whole thing with, the whole thing about Glad being pissed off at him and stuff. Uh uh, he did. I'm trying to think of the third verse where he's like, "It says, Holy mackerel, I'm the biggest jerk on the on on the planet Earth. I smacked a girl off the mechanical bull at a tractor pull for thinking we had some magnetic pull. Then screamed ICP in this bitch. How the fuck? How the how do fucking magnets work? Cause you're attractive, but we aren't attachable. <laughs> Hate to be dramatical, but I'm not romantical. I'm making up words so I can." So you can understand them. It's tragical. Like, you know, like, like, wow. So he really did a callback to ICP? Okay. Well, they had squashed a beef bat uh, by then. Had you they? Know. No, I don't yeah. know that they've ever squashed the beef. Yeah, I don't think they've actually squashed it. Did you guys not hear me talk about it on the, on, on the, uh, on the last record? When Proof set up um, a bowling, uh, it, it was like a charity bowling thing, and he got people from ICP and M&M's camp together and proof was the reason why the beef got squashed. I remember you mentioned it, but I didn't think it actually got squashed though. Yeah, yeah. it got squashed. Like Twisted was there, Bizarre, because Proof and Bizarre both had features on Twisted's Independence Day record. Hmm. I'm just saying. I, I mean, I'm not disagree with you. I just... <laughs> I, I just... I, I heard you. I remember you talking about it. I just don't remember them actually like yeah. squash and squash. The, the reference, beef. but the, the reference here where he says ICP in this bitch, how do fucking magnets work? That's from the fucking. Uh, it's from a. It's from a, it's 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 a lyric from the song Miracles by ICP from the Bang Pow Boom album, um, where they ask the question in the song fucking magnets, how do they work? Because the song's about miracles and different shit, and that was one of the bars that was thrown in there. Um, so to hear that. Mention to hear that particular bar mentioned on the Eminem song is kind of like eh. because Eminem shouts out, I shouts out maybe not ICP in general, but he shouts out Violent J in the song Wicked Ways on the same album. So, how do bags work? I mean, nah, who knows? Polarization not, isn't real, motherfucker. Do I do I look like Neil deGrasse Tyson? I don't know shit. You thought it was about strong 
I'm G, I, dude, I have a GED. <laughs> so you know what I told you? I work for a geosynthetic company. Do you really think I'm smart? Yeah, geosynthetics, yeah. Sounds like magnets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Move so, on to the other stall. Moving on to the next. No, I'm, I, I'm, I said what I needed to say about that song. <laughs> I, I liked it. Yes. Uh, next up is the Everybody. song Berserk. Uh, and this was <laughs> my favorite song on my favorite song on the album. Uh, it's it's a hell of a it's, song. It's, it's Beastie Boys. Yep. Uh, so it was the first single off the Mathers LP two, and a snippet was released during the commercial for the VMAs in order to build buzz for the album. The song gives off a golden age vibe, as it is laced with Beastie Boys esque production, courtesy of Rick Rubin. And allusions to 90s pop culture where a <clears throat> there are a few subtle jabs at new school rappers in this song as well. Um, and it, if you uh, look at the artwork for the single, um, they took that from LL Cool J's album Radio, which yes. Rick Rubin also did work on. So, and not surprising, of course, uh, that Eminem lists LL as a notable influence of himself. Uh, and then this song does sample uh, Billy Squires, the stroke. Uh, Billy Squires actually on the, the song kind of. Yeah. Sort it's, of yeah. It's, it's samples on the song, but yeah, but it's definitely a Beastie Boy song. Yeah. Uh, Greatest rap trio of all time. Oh, of course. Of course, uh, <laughs> the uh, like the where was it the 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 first chorus because it, it doesn't use the same chorus really. Not really uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> the first chorus he says we're gonna rock this house until we knock it down so turn the volume loud because it's mayhem till the a.m. So baby make just like K fed and let yourself go. Yep. Let yourself go. Yep. Say fuck it before we kick the bucket. Life's too short to not go for broke. So everybody, everybody, everybody go berserk. Grab your body. Yeah, this is uh I don't know. This made me want to go back. This song when it first came out, it made me want to go back and listen to a lot of that that early nineties kind of hip hop, you know, Beastie Boys, LL and, and stuff like that. And so Rick Rubin. Funky monkey. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh like I remember going on a binge and creating a playlist of like a lot of shit that Rubin did uh during the early nineties and everything. <clears throat> uh He's worked with every like, and not just hip hop. Well, like, co-founder I mean, of, of Def Jam, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, he's worked with he's worked with Rolling Stones. He's worked with Johnny Cash. He's worked with Eminem. He's worked with Slipknot. He's worked like, like to me, like it's just weird to me how old he is and how much he's done in that time, right? How old I, is he? How old is Rick Rubin he's, now? He's in his sixties, isn't he? I think so. He might be older than that. But no, don't, don't forget, he was also the uh, quote-unquote uh, money man for Smoke Mountain Wrestling. Yeah, he was. He's 58. Yeah, he oh, started so off by a couple young. years. 
Yeah, he's yeah, yeah he started he's pretty young. Kind of, yeah, he's still kind of young. Yeah. I like how his genres are hip hop, rock, heavy metal, country. <laughs> yeah, like he he's. I will say that Rick Rubin will go down as one of the greatest producers ever. I mean, the greatest producer. Yeah. Co-founder yeah. of Def Jam, co-president of Columbia Out Records. I mean, established American Records. Like as much music he's produced for people in general. Right. Yeah, and the fact that it, it like. It wasn't genre specific. No, nope, he right. just made music because he loved music. Yeah, right. What? Wait. What? Um, it, he only did one album in 1983. I was going to go by our birth years. He only did one album in 1983, and it was the it was Hose by the band Hose. They were an art core kind of garage punk band. Mm-hmm. Um, 1986, the year I was born, he did Run DMC, Raising Hell, Slayer, Rain and Blood, Beastie Boys, License to Ill. Uh, can you feel it? The concept album and uh, junkyard band, the word. Uh, and what year were you born, Roger? Ninety-two. Ninety-two. So the, he dropped Beast of Boys. Well, the Red Devils, uh, King King, oh, Andrew Dice Clay's Forty Two Long, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, the Hits, uh, Flipper by American Greyfish, Mick Jagger, Wandering Spirit, Raging Slab, uh, Dynamite Monster Boogie Concert. Uh, the cult with the witch, Danzig, Thrile. How did he have time to do all this? I mean, hold on just... a minute. I'm, Sir Mix a Lot, Mac Daddy, uh, Troubled by Frantic Frustra- Manic Frustrations. Yeah. How did he have time to do all these? I mean, and then you go just, and you look, he just he's lived only, in the lab. He's Apparently. only done three albums in the 2020s. Uh, in 2020, he did The Strokes, A New Abnormal. Uh, 2021, he did Imagine Dragons, Mercy. I'm sorry, Mercury. And 2022, he did Red Hot Chili Peppers, Un- Unlimited Love. Yeah, that was about... I, I don't think that almost dropped. I know he could give up some singles, but I didn't know it dropped already. Uh, uh, it dropped... No, it... it it's an upcoming album. Yeah. They, they've, dropped, yeah. they've dropped Black Summer and Poster Child. Those yeah, are the I was saying, I was like, I've been dropped. waiting for that one to drop. Yeah, also, yeah. he uh, he just released a book, Chip, that you and I definitely have to get. Oh, yeah. The Creative Act, A Way of Being. Uh, it's got art and everything on it. Uh, art in it, I mean. So, I definitely Who's just want to see. Rick Rubin? Yeah, yeah, he dropped a book. Uh, Why is it just you and Chip got to get the book? Why can't I get the book too, motherfucker? You can, but usually don't <laughs> talk about books you read. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it just goes into his stuff. It's got uh pictures from like his early years and stuff like that. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, let's do this. Uh, oh, he's he's made he's creating it. He didn't drop it this year. It'll be out next year. So he's they're starting the production for it this year. Okay. He oh, did man, drop a. Uh... In 2009, he dropped a book called Rick Rubin in the Studio. Is it like an art? Is it? I wonder what kind of it is, Dad. Uh, let me see. I'm on Amazon right now looking at it. Um, looks more more like... Uh, oh, I, I'm sorry. It wasn't him. It was a guy named Jake Brown that wrote oh. a book about Rick Rubin. Okay. Yeah, this one is supposed to be about, like, it's for, like, him and it's his creative way. And it has, like, pictures and obviously probably just stories behind everything. 
Uh, yeah, Berserk. Berserk was my favorite song, just because it reminds me of the early, uh, like, loud... The old school hip-hop. Yeah, but it, it's not just old school. It's just that loud, brash hip-hop, which like the Beastie Boys... drums and stuff like that. I mean, just the Beastie Boys style, like, early LL Cool J style, uh, Public Enemy style, just that, you know, it's not obnoxious, but it, it definitely get, grabs your attention. Yeah. Um, also, while we're talking about Rick Rubin, can we just talk about how this man no. gave zero fucks about the way he looks? Like, he's never oh, yeah. been, like, a corporate kind of guy, like, not clean cut, wearing a suit or anything. Like, <laughs> But the thing is, why should he? He's a music producer. Like, yeah. that's, like I, that's the one thing about current rap producers that I don't get is, like, why are you being flashy? Exactly. Like Scott Storch was the one that always like was like, why are you on a why are you wearing all these nice clean cut shirts, like all this extra white, all this jewelry stuff? I don't know who you are. You're a producer. I I like your music, I like your beats, but why the but fuck should I when a rapper sh- but that's the thing, normally when a rapper shouts him out, they kinda of, he may feel like, Okay, well who's this guy that Super the producer Scott Scores like I don't give a like Rick Rubin don't need that. Mm mm. Although he has appeared in a couple of music videos, so yeah, but that. that's probably yeah. that's probably not his choice, though. Like he's probably, he's he's a behind the scenes kind of guy. Yep, he has nine Grammys. That's weird that Hilly has nine. Yeah, he has a Grammy for "Unchained" by Johnny Cash. Uh, the Dixie should. Chicks "Not Ready to Make Nice" for Record of the Year. Why is it, why is it country albums? <laughs> like, hey, two. no, I'm saying money, like, man. No, but I'll say that. Like, why is like the Grammys he's winning his country albums? Like, is his hip hop not respectable? Like, come on. He guy. got he, he won uh, "Taking the Long Way" uh, for album of the year um, for from the Dixie Chicks. Um, he won best <coughs> rock album for his work on "Stadium Arcadium" by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Beautiful album. Yes, yeah. it is. He was produced. He was he was two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and two thousand nine producer of the year. Um. He won the uh, uh, in 2012. He won. He he, he was he was attributed credit for the album 21 by Adele for album of the year. Yes. And in 2021, the new Abnormal by the band The Strokes was uh, won best rock album of the year. Huh. Really? They won best rock album. Who else? Wait, time out. Who who? He should have a Grammy for this album because it won rap album of the year, and he was an executive producer. Yeah. But I think they're giving him producer of the year as they're talking about producer of the year awards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All nah, right. He should no, nah, he should have been yeah, I mean it should it, if 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 he if yeah, he should definitely been accredited for the Eminem record too. Yeah, maybe he didn't. Unless he was, he was unless unless he's talking about like soul producer. if he was a soul producer, that's probably yeah. what they're talking about then. Um but anyway. So, we're going to move on from Berserk to the next song on the the album, uh, Rap God. <coughs> Which, when it first came out, I didn't think it was even uh, an album song. Right. I no, thought it was... I, no, 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 no. I thought it was just a freestyle. Because there is... I mean, there's really no chords to it. It's just him spitting one big long verse. 
Well, he got that. I'm beginning to feel like a rap guy. Rap guy. All my people from front to the back not. And then he would just interchange the last couple bars in that in that one chorus. But because I'm beginning to feel like a rap guy pretty much was the chorus pretty much. Um, but he had like, what, four verse? No, he had, no, the last verse, that third verse, the third ver- uh, verse was just long as shit. Yeah. Uh, so it, Rap God is Eminem's braggadocious ode to himself and his career over its six minute runtime. Uh, he references comic books, throws back to his old songs, and raps crazily fast. Uh, in a QA with MSN Music, I didn't even know that was still a thing. <coughs> Back then, it probably was. <laughs> uh, Eminem was asked yep. whether he felt like a rap god or an underdog, in which he responded with this. And I quote, I I think everyone switches back and forth from hour to hour, day by day with me. That whole rap God record pretty much from top to bottom is tongue in cheek. So, I mean, do I want to feel like that? Maybe sometimes. Again, it goes back to everybody who uh, who raps competitively and does this for just purely the sport of it and wants to be the best. Again, that's why Kendrick's first worked so well because he only said what every rapper are is already thinking if you don't want to be the best then why are you rapping uh right this song did land eminem a spot in the guinness book of world records for the most words in a hit single uh the single rap god from eminem packed a mouth-filling 1560 words into six minutes and 40 seconds Wow. Now that record has been broke. Uh right. Nope. Uh by uh some guy named Harry Shotta. Who? <laughs> yep. Uh in 2015, Harry Shotta broke Eminem's world record of most words in the track. Eminem's rap god has 1,560 words, while Harry Shotta's animal has 1,771 words. Oh, wow. I have never heard this song. I've never heard of this guy. <clears throat> so let's go to good old YouTube. I wonder if he's a, I wonder if he's a Brit rapper. You know, mm-hmm. I, that's what I was thinking. Like Shotty Horror or something? <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. This song is six minutes and 24 seconds. Let's see if it's any good. Uh, but what, while I'm pulling this up, what did you guys think of uh, Rap God? Uh, I, I think it's okay. It's not really one of my favorite songs by him in general. I, I mean, I get the appeal of it being fast and yeah, you know, I have a lot of words in it, but I already knew you could rap fast. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Although, like, I, I do like the fact that he's, he he goes back and forth with some of the stuff, uh, like that he talked about back then on on LP one, and then stuff that he talked about here, um, because he brought up the whole like ever since Bill Clinton was in office with Monica Lewinsky feeling on his nutsack, I'm an MC still as honest, but as rude as indecent as all hell syllables, kill him all, kill him all, and it gets that that uh that distortion in the voice right there, um, but there was one part of the song. And like I said, I mean the whole thing. The whole thing is good, but there's there's one part of the song. Uh, I gotta find it real quick. Here it is. It says, 
Super scratch. What does it say? Okay, here we go. It says, it's me. My honesty is brutal, but honestly futile if you don't utilize what I do, th though, for good at least once in a while. So I want to make sure somewhere in this chicken scratch I scribble and doodle enough rhymes to try to try, try to help some people get through some tough times. But I got to keep a few punchlines just in case, just in case, because even you unsigned rappers are hungry looking at me like it's lunchtime. This is the part where it goes. I know there was a time when once I was king of the underground, but I still feel like I'm on my feral months grind, so I crunch rhymes. But sometimes when you combine appeal with the skin color of mine, you get too big here. They try and they come trying to sense you like they like that one line that I said, like I said on I'm back from the Mathers LP one when I tried to when I said I'd take seven kids from Columbine, put them all in a line at an AK forty seven, the revolver and a nine. Let's see if I get away with it now that I am as big as I was. But I, like, he 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 referenced it now where he said because it's from this at this point when he so the album came out in 2013, and we were already 14 years removed from the the tragedy of uh, uh, the Columbine High School shooting. Um, and if you remember going back to Marshall Mathers LP one, they censor the word Columbine. And then you that you jump to this one, and it's like he said it on this one, didn't censor it or anything like that. And then they just straight up said, you know, let's see if I get away with it now, you know. But I think it was a good callback to the LP one. Yeah, it was definitely. Oh, see. Yeah. Uh, but but like I said, I, when when I heard this song, I just thought it was like a, a freestyle. I, I didn't think it was like an album song. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Uh, not not saying that it's bad. It just it it doesn't feel like it's an album song. It feels like it's a freestyle, like something he would spit on like Hot ninety seven or something. Right. So, um, but from there, we're going to move on to the next song, which is called brainless. Uh, and at, in this song, M is at his most lyrical and sporadic as he, uh, brings back a vintage slim shady type narrative. The track features notably a sample of Takata and Fuji in D minor. Uh, this five minute burst of horror rap finds the Detroit MC visiting the haunting memories of being bullied in school. He then uh, shoots to the present where he boasts about how a single white MC has had so much influence on the hip hop slash rap industry. Eminem previously discussed his problem with school bullies on the Slim Shady LP track Brain Damage. Um, Legacy, a song from this album, also has a line that mentions a school bully uh, where he said, I had a bad day at school, so I ain't talking. Some cocksucker, some cocksucker shoved sucker. me into a fucking locker because he said he that said I that. eyeballed him. Yep. Um, so, yeah, this is uh, very much, you know, him like doing that callback 
you know, that <clears throat> to to being bullied in school and everything. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't mention uh, D'Angelo Bailey in this uh, particular one. He didn't want um, to get sued again. Yeah. Hey. But he won that, so I don't even, I mean. Right. right. But yeah, I mean, yeah, this, I uh, mean this song, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I totally blanked what I was going to say. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you know, the chorus says, uh, if you had a brain, you'd be dangerous. Uh, mama, I'm going to grow one day to be famous, and I'm going to be a pain in the anus. <clears throat> I'm used to my head. I'm going to use my head as a weapon, find a way to escape this saint, this insaneness. And then he says, mama always said, son, if you had a brain, you'd be dangerous. Guess it pays to be brainless. Yeah. <laughs> it does nowadays. That's for sure. It does mm-hmm. nowadays. Absolutely. But does this sound, does this song, does it sound more like a, is, is this more of a Slim Shady song? Not like relapse Slim Shady, but like, is it more of like Slim Shady LP, Slim Shady almost kind of? It's, it's Did more. It that vibe? It's, it's more it's like Marshall Mathers. Mathers LP. Okay. Yeah. Where it's not too outrageous, but it's still kind of goofy. Okay. All right, so 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 the way we're, we're we're categorizing it now is that Slim Shady is completely outrageous. Eminem is kind of back and forth outrageous, and Marshall is, you know, Marshall. Yeah, I mean, uh, Eminem was just he could be goofy, but he's he has lyrical like he could be lyrical also. But I mean, Slim Shady is just goofiness to be goofiness. Just let me say the most shocking thing and it should be shocking. Yeah. Yeah. He's, <laughs> Yeah, what, what like what Roger said two two episodes ago. Yeah, surprise, I raped her. Yeah, that's what it, what Slim Shady would do in that yeah, situation. Like, literally, what he would say in a situation, what he would do in a situation, like, oh, yeah, you did, you said the thing. <laughs> he said right. the thing. It's like the, do the episode thing, of do the, the thing. I would say it's like the episode of The Simpsons when they want Bart to do uh, say the thing. Come on, Bart, say it, say it, and everybody's just like. And he says, he's like, yeah, I'm just like, ah, you had to say it. Sell out. Yep. So uh, from there, we move on to the next song, which is uh, Stronger Than I Was. Uh, And this is a a sympathetic song that provides insight into Eminem's relationship with his ex-wife, Kim. Uh, now, it's unlike any of the other songs that he's done about Kim, because this one, he actually apologizes for acting how he did towards her in the past. Um, and moreover, uh, at least in the first two verses of this song, Eminem sings instead of raps, uh, which yeah. only happens, you know, it's only happened a few times before. Yeah. Uh, and when asked why he did that, he said, yo, I can't sing, but I feel like singing. I want to fucking sing. Uh, and it's it's not clear in which perspective the first two verses are written, whether from M or Kim's point of view. Uh, and nothing has ever been said about this uh, either. And it probably uh, left purposely vague for a reason. Open for interpretation. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it, it, yeah, he doesn't rap until verse three. 
right you know the the first verse he says uh you used to say that I'd never be nothing without you. And I'd believe I'm shot in the lungs. I gasp. I can't breathe. Just lay here with me, baby. Hold me, please. And I'd beg and I'd plead, drop to my knees. And I'd cry and I'd scream, baby, please don't leave. Snatch the keys from your hand. I would squeeze and you'd laugh and you'd tease. You're just fucking with me. You must <clears throat> and you must hate me. Uh, why don't you date me if you say I make you sick? And you've had enough of me. I smother you. I'm about to jump off the edge. And the, then it goes into the chorus of, uh, you won't break me. You'll just make me stronger than I was before I met you. I bet <clears throat> bet you I'll just find, I'll be just fine without you. And if I stumble, I won't crumble. I'll get back up and, uh, but I'm going to still be humble when I scream, fuck you. Cause I'm stronger than I was, uh, it's it's very it, it could be interpreted as coming from either person. Right. Yeah. I mean you definitely hear it from um like I was saying in the third verse you definitely hear it. Um, you know, but I think yeah, the first two verses are definitely open for interpretations like we talk is this coming from it or or could it be a situation of maybe Kim or maybe um Kim, I'm sorry, maybe Marshall is speaking as if maybe this is some shit that Kim would say, and it, maybe he's realizing, hey, this is what you know she was saying, you know. Yeah, it's possible. How do you feel about this song, Raj? Uh, I like it. Uh, it's a different. It is a different Kim song. Uh, I think the one I recovered was still better, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like this one because it's not—it's not just negative. It's not him just bashing a bash, you know. Uh, and it is open for interpretation. So it is whose point of view are we, are we uh, listening from, and who do we support? You know, what I'm saying like that right. kind of thing. Right. All right. Well, moving yeah. on from there to the next song, uh, which is The Monster. And this is featuring uh, Rihanna. Uh, this was the fourth single off this uh, album. And it also marked the fourth time that Eminem and Rihanna have collaborated. It's kind of weird that they did so much in two albums. Yeah. I know, right? Uh, well, not... They had the one song on Rihanna's album too, so it was three Eminem album or three songs that were on Eminem albums and one song that was on a Rihanna album. Because uh, they did "Love the Way You Lie" part two on uh, Rihanna's album. Yeah, um, was that for Call of Duty also? <laughs> uh, it may have been for an under. Um, maybe it was that Chinese Call of Duty. <laughs> uh. But uh, so this this dark and emotional track has Eminem considering his shady alter ego as a monster. Uh, the monster could just be the fame which has taken so much from him or perhaps the true monster in his mind and the demons that plague it. Uh, the, the hook was co-written by uh, B.B. Rexa and John Bellion. 
and went on to win the award for the best rap slash song collaboration at the 2015 Grammys. I mean, it's when Rihanna was hottest, so mm-hmm. got to do what you got to yeah. do. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, there's actually two versions of this song. Uh, one where the chorus is actually uh, Rihanna singing it. And I think there's an alternate version uh, that the chorus is actually sung by B.B. Rexa. Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, but the chorus, I, I really like the chorus because uh, it's, it's Rihanna singing, you know, I'm friends with the monster that's under my bed. I get along with the voices in my head. Uh, you're trying to save me. Stop holding your breath. And you think I'm crazy. Yeah, you think I'm crazy. Well, that's nothing. Right. Uh, you know. But, yeah, this is definitely, like, him battling. I feel like it's him battling himself and, like, the shit that's going on his head in his head. Uh, right. And everything. Yeah. Could, 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 could the monster also be a... Um... A uh, what's the right word I'm looking for here? Could it also be like a metaphor for his previous addictions? It could be. It could be. Yeah. You know, because I me, mean, it's always called. People call it different things: chasing the dragon, chasing the rabbit, creatures of habit. Um. You know, maybe the monster was you know that. You know, um, they didn't say specifically that that's what it was, but, you know, just I mean, it, I mean, it's possible. Yeah. He didn't actually say what it was, right? Whatever. No, no. Um, I don't think he ever did. Uh, but like with the first verse, he says, uh, I wanted the fame, but not the cover of Newsweek. Oh, well, guess beggars can't be choosy. I wanted to receive attention from my music. I wanted to be left alone in public. Excuse me for wanting my cake and eat it too and wanting it both ways. Fame made me a balloon because my ego inflated when I blew, see? <clears throat> but it was confusing because all I ever wanted to do was be the Bruce Lee of Loose Leaf. Abused ink, used it as a tool when I blew steam. Whoa, hit the lottery, ooh wee. <clears throat> but with what I gave up to get, it was bittersweet. It was like winning a used mink. <clears throat> Ironic, because I think I'm getting so huge. I need a shrink. I'm begging to lose sleep. One sheep, two sheep, going cuckoo and kooky as cool key. But I'm actually weirder than you think. Uh, right. You know, I, I, like I think it's it's telling, uh, you know, we always say that, you know, he's he's very much uh, a recluse kind of introvert. Uh, he just wants to be left alone and all he wants to do is rap. And in this song, he literally says, all I wanted to do was be the Bruce Lee of Loose Leaf, uh, which is wordplay for, because Bruce Lee is arguably the, the greatest martial artist ever. Arguably? Uh, yes, arguably. Yeah, I would say arguably. There okay. are There are people that think that uh, he has been surpassed as number one. 
Okay. Yep. I do agree with that. I mean, you don't have to agree with it. I'm not saying that's I why I said okay. I just said okay. That's all I said. I just said okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, I lose you guys. No, no, no. I, I'm just saying, like, I I don't agree no. with that. But there are like funnels of people that do say that. Uh, what like Tony Jow? Is that what they're saying? Is that who they're saying? Yeah. Some people actually think that Jackie Chan is better than Bruce Lee. No, I love Jackie Chan, but no, no. Yeah, I, I, I like, I like Jack. I respect Jackie Chan, but no, Jackie, Jackie Chan and Bruce. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, but yeah, this is definitely him. Kind of, <sighs> he. I lost, I lost the word that I was thinking there. Uh, battling with like being famous and and i right. think the the monster is the fame uh in this song particularly yeah that 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 does make a lot of sense the the, the monster being the fame you know from the stand yeah because you it's so strange how everybody wants to be famous until they get famous Right. Then everybody wants you. Then you. Then you know you want to be. You want people to leave you alone. You know. And the thing it is is that you know that's why everybody's like, oh, I want to. You know, if, when you're because this is what the people. And this one thing I need people to understand this. Anybody listen to this? Fame ain't shit. Okay. All fame is is all fame does is give you an audience to make more money. That's all fame. That's that's all fame does. It just gives you a bigger audience. But right. on top of getting a bigger audience, you also get less privacy because you're pretty much like think about it. Think of how many Hollywood celebrities have paparazzi, you know, hanging out outside the gates of their home, just waiting to get that quote unquote perfect picture for their tabloid magazines. You know, exactly. do you really want to live surrounded twenty four? Sometimes, you know, you know, like hey, I'm famous. Okay, cool. That and five bucks will still get you something at Starbucks. You know, who cares? You know what I mean? Yep. All right, Raj. Uh, how are you feeling about this song? Um, I think it's okay. Uh, I like how it is. Also, another open-ended song about what it could be, like the meaning behind it. Uh, and it he has good lyrical setup on it. Overall, it's a good. It was an okay song. I liked it. All right. Uh, so moving on from there to the next track on the the album, uh, which. It is a track that I oddly really like, uh, also because I like the song that it samples. But um, we're talking about the song so far, uh, and in this song, Eminem rambles on about how far he's got with the positives and negatives about it. Classic M with references to many of his old song, uh, and he samples Joe Walsh's "Life's Been Good." Uh, this was produced by Rick Rubin. So, and I do like right. the song overall. It has a good feel to it. Uh, I, I think this one is kind of off for the album. Uh, it, it's it's odd that you say that 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 in, in in the retrospect that you've said that about most of the songs produced by Rick Rubin. Yeah. Uh, that I don't, they're off for the album because I mean he's supposed to be doing a sequel to 
uh, MM1, but they don't feel like they should be sequels to it. They feel like they should be on another project. Okay. And I guess it's because I guess it is that old school influence mm-hmm. and not Eminem style influence, I guess. Okay. I, I can I can get where you're coming from on that. What about you, Talon? What are you thinking? It's like it's like like I'm currently listening to the song while um because uh, that way I can kind of you know listen to it so I can you know reminisce about it. So, yeah, I like the fact that he did sample you know songs and make it to where it's like he kind of kept it like old school, but at the same time brought a little bit of the uh, his flair to the song. Um, him kind of singing at the front of it was kind of like because he says you know like just. You know, I own a mansion, but I live in a house, king size bed, but I sleep on the couch. Mr. Bright side glass is half full, but my tank's half empty, a gasket just blew. And the whole first verse was kind of <laughs> he's like, This always happens, thirty minutes from home, gotta lay a log cabin, only option is the McDonald's bathroom and a public stall dropping a football, so every time someone walks into the John I get Madden. Football, John, Madden, y'all get it. Yeah. He's like, Shady, what up? What? Come on, man. I'm crapping. You're asking me for my G- for, for my GD autograph on a napkin? Oh, that's odd. I just happened to run out of tissue. Yeah, hand that to me on second thought. I'd be glad to. It's like, thanks, dog. Name's Ty, the big fan. I wiped my ass with it, crumbled it up in a wad and threw it back at him. Told him, Ty, you're the shit. <laughs> like, like that's, like that, like that, that's just, that's just, it's, it's so classic Goofy. Eminem mixed with the with the life's been good sample to it you know yeah uh I don't, some of my favorite lines come from the second verse where he says uh fuck i gotta do to hear this new song for luda be an expert on computers i'd rather be an encyclopedia britannica hell with playstation i'm still on my first man on some zelda nintendo bitch run jump punch stab and i melt the mozzarella on my spaghetti Put it on bread, make a sandwich with Welch's and Belch. They say this spray butter is bad for my health, but I think this poor white trash from the trailer. Jig Clampett, Fred Sanford, and welfare mentality helps to keep me grounded. That's why I never take full advantage of wealth, manage to dwell within these parameters, still cramming the shelves full of hamburger helper. Like, basically him saying, look, like I got all this fucking money, but... I'm still eating hamburger helper and I ain't bought nothing new in a while. Right? There ain't nothing wrong with hamburger helper though. No, I ain't saying there is. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, uh, then he does. Uh, he, he, there is a callback line in here. Uh, where he says, went to Burger King and they spit on my onion rings. I think my karma's catching up with me. Yep. Because it was just scary. That's right. Uh, Throw back to Slim, to the uh, real Slim Shady. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I, I do like how he does a lot of callbacks uh, on this. Um, and then he shouts out Yellow Wolf. Uh, but Still don't know who that is. <laughs> man, you got to listen to him. Yeah. Uh. Oh, as much shit as you give me about 
J. Cole, Lupe, Kid Cudi. You won't even well, listen to Yellow Wolf? I, I, I wouldn't put Yellow Wolf in that category. <laughs> Look, I like Yellow Wolf. Don't get me wrong, but I wouldn't put him in, in the category of, of Cole and in, I'm not in, putting him in the same category. Okay, I'm just okay. saying. I'm just saying he hits me all the time. You ain't listening to this. You ain't listening to this. Like you need to listen to shit too. Like yesterday, Yellow Wolf's the, the first time I heard about Yellow Wolf was when we talked about it yesterday. You knew about Lupe and J. Cole before that, though. You've really right. never heard of Yellow Wolf until yesterday. No, like I, I promise you, I haven't. Bro, he he's got like tracks <laughs> with Eminem. Uh. Is it like, on Eminem's albums? No, it's on Yellow Wolf's albums. But yeah. I mean, I can't believe you hadn't heard him. Uh, no. Like, uh, he's got that song "Best Friend." It's him and M. Uh, it, it that's really good. Uh, one of my fa- one of my favorite rap songs of all time is a Yellow Wolf song. Uh, off his first album. No, his second album. Which one? Write your name. That's the first album. No, Bubba. That's, that's Radioactive. Yeah, Radioactive was the second album. Trunk Music was his first one. Uh, Trunk Music was a mixtape. No, Trunk Music. I thought Trunk Music was an LP. No, he literally sold Trunk Music out of his trunk. <laughs> that's why he calls it Trunk Music. That P. Miller. Yeah. That's that's uh how he uh kind of oh. got famous. Okay, so okay, so Trunk Music was a solo EP, mm-hmm. but it did. But technically, Radioactive is still his second, still his second album. Um, his first album was Creek Water in two thousand five. Was it on a major record label? It wasn't on a major record label, but it was still a studio album. Okay, this was his major record label debut. I mean, you you can buy time in a, a studio. I know. I, I, my boy that I went to high school with uh, has dropped like five albums, but if he ever makes it big, they're gonna say that's his first album because it was because it was mainstream. Yep, because it was financially backed. Mm-hmm. That's how that shit works. It's 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 strange and it's odd, but that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Because he had okay, yeah, okay, you're right. It's listed as a mixtape. The Trump Trump music is listed as a mixtape. Yeah, because it's got Pop the Trump, uh, Box Chevy Part Three. Yeah, Daddy's Lambo. Yep. Yeah, he had he had he had I just want to party with Gucci Mane. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. So anyway, back to Eminem. Uh, we've said what we needed to say about so far. I think. Uh, anybody got any last remarks for that? No, that was a good song. All right. Uh, next up is uh... <laughs> yeah, cut me off. Yeah. No, you said it was a good song. <laughs> <laughs> you said it like right in the middle as I was speaking, though. But anyway. Oh, on my end, I... you were you were done yeah, speaking. Yeah, uh, it sounded like you were done speaking. Oh well, shit! <laughs> Damn audio issues. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was like. Damn, like he got like he didn't cut you off, but <laughs> no, that was like that was the whole thing. Like I mean, it was the other uh, kind of like we were doing the uh, the we talk wrestling episode a couple, couple weeks ago. I had said something, you didn't say anything, so I just kept on going. Little did I know you was talking. I just couldn't hear you. 
Yeah. <laughs> yep. One day, ladies and gentlemen, we promise we'll get our shit together. Them audio issues. Um, yep. But anyway, Stupid next up. Internets. <laughs> yep. Internet and storms. <laughs> yeah, the storm's pretty bad here. Fucked now. up Wi-Fi connection. Yeah. Uh so so next up is another Rick Rubin produced track uh called Love Game. And this actually features uh Kendrick Lamar, uh Aftermath label mate. Uh, so they use uh mm-hmm. M and K dot use this track as a way of expressing their love for women. However, this game of love has and owes no commitment to anyone in the game. She can do what she wants, when she wants, and however she wants. However, they can't leave the game ever, even when it seems like too much to deal with. It's a never-ending cycle because they don't want to be alone forever, most likely. Uh, It's also interesting to note that Kendrick is the only guest MC on the Marshall Mathers LP2 and the only feature between M and K-Dot so far um i'm trying to think if that's true well it's probably up to that point i don't know i think they may have done i don't think they have done anything else though uh i don't know i'd have to do some uh information some some uh soul searching on that one uh but so a side note about this song is is the whole song could be one of the biggest extended metaphors M has ever done in his career. So they literally the only song as of February thirteenth, twenty twenty two is Love Game. Wow, that's crazy because it's ridiculous. I think this <laughs> Yeah, I think this song is so well put together and that M and, and Kendrick play off of each other so well. They 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 don't have the the chemistry Dre and Eminem has, but they have some good chemistry. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm actually listening to uh, K Dot's verse right now. Actually, yeah. Uh, sp- speaking of of K Dot, uh, his, his verse is uh, it, it goes. Uh, I, I told that bitch I'm a sucker for love. You a sucker for dick, sucking dick in your mama tub. <laughs> then your granny walked in. Told the the stupid figure to dump, uh, duck under the water. He drowned like an abortion. They booked up, they booked you for manslaughter. You beat the case, and I called you. Uh, Shireen, yeah, Shireen is not available now. Leave a message at the tone. And Kendrick, don't forget to buy two pair of those expensive heels. You little fucking Ferris wheel, fucking spinning on me. Fuck you. Think we, <clears throat> fuck you. Think we gonna get married still? Fucking Mary had a little lamb. This ain't no fairy tale. Fairy goddamn fairy god mama better tell you how I fucking feel. Like you should fucking beat it or fucking eat it while I'm on my period. Now have Ugh. a blessed day. <laughs> Bro. Up. I, Bitch, you serious? I'm not getting my fucking red wings ever. Bro. Nope. K Dot like he got he got nasty in this one. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like like I said, I I, I think it was really well put together. Uh, M and, and K dot played well off of each other, uh, and I personally would like to see, um, or hear, I guess, uh, more M and K dot. 
Wait, that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I mean, but they they just did their own shit there. I know. Uh. All right. Anybody got anything left on on that one? No, I mean, I I, I liked it, and they, they do play well off each other. Uh, really, the only thing I think about is just how they built up the song. Mm-hmm. Um, the song was very seventies esque. Does that does that kind of that makes sense? Like seventies eighties esque, kind of like a like I'm listening to the song now. It sounds like. Like 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 a seventies eighties like rock, you know what I'm talking about? I thought of it more like the like yeah the late eighties early nineties love ballad style. See, I was thinking more like somewhere in the eighties, like I guess it's because of the bass. I guess the baseline just makes baseline sounds something like eighties shit. To me. It's actually got a country feel to it too. Yeah, kind of yeah. Uh, I think of it like a Leonard Skinner esque. How about that? Oh God! Uh, I would say more Kansas. Kansas? No, no, not Kansas. Not Kansas. I'm sorry. Uh, more. Uh, not Fleetwood Mac. Probably something a little bit more. A little more better than that. Oh, um, shit! I know who you're thinking of. Um, because I actually started listening to the song like again. Deep Purple or something. Um, what well, does it sample? It's definitely sample something. Uh, oh, yeah, let me go to does it? Yeah, um, I feel like it does. Yeah, samples the game, the game of love by the Mindbenders. Mindbenders, okay, yeah, so it is, uh, it is probably like older. Seven desk, uh, nineteen sixty-five. Jesus, Jesus, we were both wrong. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's crazy. I was saying, like, I definitely hear a hear something else, but yeah, could I remember? Like, I didn't want to go as far as Beatles because it doesn't sound anything Beatles would do. You no. know what I mean? It definitely sounds like American rock. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, anything else, or we want to move on to the next one? Yeah, let's move on to the next one. Uh, you got it. Yeah. Next up is um a song called Headlights. Uh, this is probably one of my more favorite songs on this album. Um, and they um they used a sample of Mother by John Lennon, and in this song, Eminem actually issues a public apology to his mom. Uh, as we know, M and his mother have never really gotten along and she has been a target of hateful lyrics and songs like cleaning out my closet in 2002 and my mom from 2009. Uh, so after years of vitriol, Eminem now raps with a more mature perspective and expresses remorse and even apologizes for the songs attacking her. Um, and there's... Um, there's a line, I can't remember which verse it's in. Um, oh, it's, it's in the first verse. Uh, he said, uh, <laughs> I, I went in head first, never thinking about who, what I said hurt in what verse my mom probably got it the worst, the, the brunt end of it. But as stubborn as we are, did I take it too far? 
cleaning out my closet and all of them other songs but regardless i don't hate you mom because they're still you're still beautiful to me because you're my mom uh though far though far be it from you to be calm our house was vietnam desert storm and both of us put together could form an atomic bomb equivalent to quit uh chemical warfare um but yeah uh, right after this song came out, he publicly said that he would never uh, sing that song like on any of his live shows ever again. Yeah. I mean, I still think Clean Out My Closet is a good song, but yeah, it makes sense for it makes sense for him to say like, yeah, I'm just not going to do it anymore. I mean, it it really shows that he's he's grown as a person uh more so than like a lyricist uh even though i think this is a good song right there's a there's a there's a part in the second verse where he goes all you all you did all you said you did your best to raise us both he's talking about him um he's talking about him and nathan yeah uh foster cared that cross you bear few uh few may be heavy you may be as heavy as yours but i love you debbie mathers oh what tangled web we cause one thing i never asked was where the fuck my deadbeat dad was fuck it i guess he had trouble keeping up with every address but i'd have flipped every mattress every rock every desert cactus owned a collection of maps and followed my kids to the edge of the atlas if someone ever moved them from me that you could have bet your asses if I had to come down at the chimney dressed as Santa, kidnap him. And although one has only met their grandma once, you pulled up in our drive one, you pull up in a drive one night as we were leaving to get some hamburger. Pretty pretty much going through the list, going through the things like in a roundabout way, saying I'm not going to be to my children what my deadbeat father was to me in a sense i mean that's basically what all of us want to do like we want to be better for our children than our parents were for us you know i mean i had a good mom uh you know i arguably the best mom in the world i mean that's that's my opinion but that's my mom uh, right, of course. But I, mean, yeah. I still want to do better for my kids than she was able to do for me. Right. So, um, but what I was talking about, uh, the cleaning out my closet, it, he actually says it in the second verse. Um, and it's at the beginning. He says, because uh, to this day we remain estranged and I hate it though, because you ain't even got to witness your grandbabies grow. But I'm sorry, mama, for cleaning out my closet at the at the time I was angry, rightfully so or rightfully, maybe so. Never meant that far to take it, though, because now I know it's not your fault and I'm not making jokes. That song, I no longer play at shows and I cringe every time it's on the radio. Yeah. You know, but again, you know, that was a young Eminem and not. You know, he even says, you know, he was angry. And now, all these years later, he's like, hey, you know, maybe I I shouldn't have done that. Maybe that did take it too far. Right. 
Yeah, and then he he has uh, uh, Nate Roos on the uh, on the song singing the chorus. And for people that don't know, he's from the indie pop band uh, Fun. He, he, some of y'all might know him from songs like Some Nights and We Are Young. You know, um, I, I've never heard him before or after this song. Really? Yeah. You tonight. We uh yeah they used it for a WrestleMania package I think it like twenty yeah, or something that's them yeah that's yeah. Right. okay Some they also did that song was pink I think you yeah know that one too yeah okay sometimes I guess you hear I have. voices right like sometimes you hear a voice like oh that's nice that's that's a good song and you probably just like I'm sure most people more people do it often than that we probably realize where you hear a song and it's like oh, I like that song well, who sings it. I don't know. Okay, what's the name of it? I don't know. Okay, so you don't know the name of the song. You don't know who sings it, but you like it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Man, there's sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I think about a song because I can't remember what it is or who it's by. And I'll like literally type into Google. It's like the beat goes <sighs> do, 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 or something like that. And then, <laughs> then it'll literally take me to a fucking webpage of people who do the same thing and try to figure out the song by just people doing that. Like okay, I'm not the only motherfucker that can't remember music and only remember the beat. I do that all the time. Yeah, or I'll Does remember. It, I'll remember like two lines. Lyrics. Yeah, two lines from the song, and I'll like Google those, and then it'll pull up like 37 songs, and I'm listening yeah. to every one of them, and I'm like, nope, that one's not it. That one's not it. That one's not it. So, like to me, it's always the beat that I remember more than the lyrics, so it's just fucking harder. For yeah. songs that I just don't like immediately like just put on my Spotify playlist somewhere. So I'm just like, oh my God, who is this? Like the beat goes <laughs> And then Google's like, all right, uh, are you sure you're not suffering from like a concussion right now? <laughs> right. Right. Um so any any last remarks about headlights? Uh no. No, I thought it was a good song. It was, it was definitely out of all the songs on the album, this was even. I think this was even more emotional. This song, especially, was more emotionally driven, in my opinion, than stronger than I was was. I think. It was. Yeah, I can. I can see that. Uh, so, so next up, we're uh, dumping into the first song on the deluxe album. Uh, and this is no uh, evil twin. No, evil twin was on the was on the original album. Was it was it? original, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's the last. It's the last one. On the okay, original. Last song the, the last song on the original album. My yeah. bad. My bad. Oh, you're good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> it, it, it's it's late, and I've hit my head a few times today. Um, stop wrestling. <laughs> I wasn't wrestling. <laughs> my, my wife just has this uh, hummingbird feeder that hangs directly in the way of where I walk when I Man, leave. You ain't gotta lie. Just tell us that Jess will beat your head in. Hey, don't, don't worry about all that. <laughs> More like the kids, the, the boys. Right? But uh, uh, we're going to talk about the song Evil Twin. Uh, now, this song is actually dedicated to both Slim Shady and Eminem uh, and has a revealing ending. The song uh, also has a similar purpose to Criminal, 
the closing song from the Mathers LP one on criminal Eminem states that he doesn't mean what he says in his lyrics, then proceeds to be offensive on this song. Eminem stops blaming those lyrics on slim shady and takes responsibility for those lyrics. That doesn't mean he's sorry though. Eminem also takes up the crusade that Kendrick Lamar started on control by stating he plans to call out the rappers that are copying Kanye West, Jay-Z, Lil Wayne, and Drake. This is one of Eminem's most complex, subtle, and underrated songs. Pay attention or you'll miss a lot. I really like this song. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Uh, At first I did it, but on the second listen through, I was like, yeah, you know what? This song actually has a lot to it. Uh, And I just really like just grooved with it again. I played it for a third time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he starts out and he he says, you know, I'm in a strange place. I feel like Mace when he gave up the game for his faith. I feel like I'm caged in these chains and restraints. Uh, Grime and ever ever stranger in the place where I gaze into space because I'm mentally rearranging his face. I need a change of pace because the pace I'm working at is dangerous. There's nowhere to dump this anger, and thanks to this angst, I done quit chicken heads cold turkey and started slow roasting them. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, because uh, that's where most of my anger is based. Fuck your feelings. I feel like I'm playing for the saints. I just want to hurt you. Aim for the shanks. Then aim for these fake Kanye's, Jays, Wayne's, and Drake's. I'm frustrated because ain't no more in-seeks. Now I'm all, uh, all out of whack. I'm all out of Backstreet Boys to call out an attack. I'm going all out in this rap shit, and whatever the fallout is, I'm strapped for ca- strapped for battle. Suck a duck, crawl out of the back. It's a bar fight. Prepare your arsenal and beware of bar stools flying through the airs and bottles breaking mirrors also. Uh, and then it's, I mean, he goes in at Sarah Palin. He goes in, like, at uh he goes in at Kmart, which I don't even remember if Kmart was still around in twenty thirteen. I think it, it was, was, in, was it, it a was little in bit in Midwest. Days, Sorry, what was that? Uh, I said it was in, it was it, Kmart was in its dying it, it was in its dying days. Okay, in twenty thirteen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then the uh. That blue light special <laughs> right the 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 hook actually features Royce to five nine although he's not credited if I'm not mistaken he's not credited yeah he's not credited on this track it's gonna samples this off of bad meets evil right yeah. that's where uh, this is from because I when I heard it I was like I know this from somewhere I yeah can't remember what song it is it was bad meets evil uh, is it that actual song or is it an album? Yeah. Well, I think it's that song. Because um, I think the the only album they done together was Hell the Sequel. No, they did Bad Meets Evil. No, that was the name of the group. That's oh. that's the name of their two man group is Bad Meets Evil, and the name of the album is Hell the Sequel. But uh, Bad Meets Evil was also a song before it was the name of their duo. Correct. Yeah, it was this a is song from, on the Shady LP. So yep. this is this. They sampled the reunion 
off the hell the sequel. Album. Okay. Yeah. Track three of it. Okay. But I was like, I know I heard it. Like, I've heard this. Like, when they played, I was like, man, I know I heard this. And I just never looked it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he starts uh, the second verse. He's like, so who's left? Lady Gaga mess with the Bieber? Nah, fuck with Christina. I ain't fucking with either Jessica, neither Simpson or Alba. My album's just sicker than strep with the fever. Uh, get the chloroseptic, et cetera, and a leave or extra strength t- Tylenol threes. Feel like I'm burning to death, but I'm freezing. Bedridden, destined never to leave the bedroom ever again, like the legend of Heath uh, Ledger. My suicide note's barely legible. Read the bottom line. It's signed by the Joker. Uh, and like that's a reference to Heath Ledger overdosing, apparently overdosing on uh, prescription shields. My wife will tell you that, and she believes it wholeheartedly. They they were in the apartment. They didn't One call the police was. until they left. No, yeah. both they was both it were both there. of them? Okay, yes, and they didn't call the police until after they left and found his body after he died. Like, nah, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that's crazy. So they uh-huh. killed him. They killed him. So that man was conspiracy so young for another and, day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That man was so young and so poised to. I was like, he's his do he greater at, things. I was like, he was at the pity me. Well, like the thing is, if he would probably would have been alive, we probably would have gotten more Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Well, that's man. very possible. Uh, but if you haven't he seen, was, speaking of I Batman, seen if you haven't seen the Batman. Uh man, it, it's it's up there, possibly the best that they've done. Possibly. Oh, hmm. I don't know, man. Christopher Nolan. Christopher, uh, Christopher Nolan re I'll withhold fire. judgment till I I will I will I will withhold judgment till I watch it. it, well, it if you guys do watch it, that could be the next review episode. Oh, I've already watched go. it and I'm possibly going to see it again. Uh well, I, I probably will go watch it this weekend. I I know it hits HBO Max on April nineteenth. They had a 45-day waiting period between uh, theater and before it played on Max. Yeah, because AMC wasn't going to allow it yeah. to be played in theaters if they did that, so they made that contract. But uh, yeah. no, I'll, I'll probably watch it this weekend uh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that off, off air. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's move on to the – or you guys got anything left to say about this, this song? I don't know. I mean – it's it starts goofy and it gets better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, uh, on, on purpose, like it was it was meant to be that way, uh, which I I like it better because of that instead of just being goofy to be goofy, which you know, well, I don't like that stuff to begin with. Like you're past this already, but no, I liked it. Mm-hmm. All uh, right, what's next on the list? Uh, next is the first track from the. Uh... The deluxe. deluxe album. Um, did you guys want to go run through these uh, real quick, or do you want to stop? Yeah, here? we can run. Yeah, we can run through them. All right. I uh, mean, if you want to run through them, we can. I mean, we can run through them pretty yes. quickly. Yeah, I'm saying. Um, so the next track is uh, a song called "Baby," and the hook of this song is reminiscent of the song "Taking My Ball" from the album "Relapse Refill." Uh, the whole song is filled with dense rhymes and wordplay and is uh, replete with pop culture references such as the titular hook, 
which is a reference to the movie Dirty Dancing or the mention of the Mighty Thor, who is a major Marvel comic book character. Uh, and, and then, of course, the track was included on the bonus edition of uh, Mathers LP 2. Um, now, Roger, I know you said that you listened through the deluxe edition. Talon, yeah. have you heard this song? Yeah, yes, I've heard it. Okay. Um, what are, What are your you guys' thoughts on on this one? To be honest, it sounds like something that probably should have been on relapse. Yeah, it sounds kind of relapsing to me. It, it sounds really goofy, like badly goofy. Yeah. Uh, why he put it on the deluxe version of this album, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not saying that it's it's a terrible song. Uh, by any means, but it it doesn't. It, it should have been on like the relapse or relapse refill. Uh, when he which the refill was basically the deluxe version of relapse. Um, right. Yeah. It just I just I wasn't vibing with it. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I I didn't care for it much either. Yeah, uh, there is one line he in here where uh, he kind of takes a shot at Everlast again, um, which was so weird. Yeah, uh, but he says, uh, "Now get your ass back in the game, bitch! Don't take shit for granted, and don't take shit. Give it. Only bull you should take is by the horns, which is a a, a reference to um, the Breakfast Club." Uh, have you ever seen that movie? Uh, the, yeah. The principal, he's like, you, you mess, mess with, with the bull, you, you get, get the, the horns. horns. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but he, he says, a mixture of Whitey Ford and the Mighty Thor, I everlast pen is mightier than the sword. Uh, yeah. But so he said that, I, like, I was like, man, I was like, why do you, like, we're still beefing with Everlast like this? Yep. To like, even, like, even, a hint of a mention like oh like man that's it's kind of weird like it, it threw me off for a second when i first heard it right mm-hmm. right um so last thoughts on baby it was okay not right. not not the better not the best song on the record <laughs> wasn't the worst but it wasn't the best all right uh Definitely so bottom five m- moving on from <laughs> there is um a song called Desperation. Uh, so in February of 2013, it was rumored Eminem would sample Jamie and Commons uh, on the hook for his first single, which was then expected to drop in the summer of 2013, preceding M's UK, Belgian, French tour, France tour with Kendrick Lamar, Earl, Earl Sweatshirt, Tyler, the creator, and more. Um, we do not know if Eminem met him on that tour in Britain to record this song. However, this is very possible since it's the only time they would have been at the same place. And this hook is not sampled. Uh, most people argue that he sampled him, but started working on something new, which is this song uh, with him. When he met him in England, this would explain why there's no first single with a Jamie and common sample they worked out something new and it became this bonus track. Uh, what do you guys think of the song Desperation? It was good. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. It uh, was, it, but it came out around the t- same time. Um, and this might be, and this might be a bad analogy and please forgive me if it is. 
it kind of came out around the same time a lot of the hip hop uh, people were starting to get a little bit of notoriety at this point. Uh, uh, Colt Ford was still, you know, around doing his thing. Big Big Smo was starting to, you know, come into his own a little bit around this time. Um, and I think because he was more of a bluesy kind of country artist, this Jamie uh, in Commons was. Yeah. Um, I think maybe this song was kind of like kind of lumped into that category. If you if you, if you get what I'm saying, I can get that. Yeah. Uh, any any lines that just kind of stick out to you? Let me go back and look. Uh, yeah, like I go back and look, but uh, top of my head. Okay, there's there's one that kind of sticks out to me, uh, and it's in the second verse. Uh, he goes, uh, and you pre- you pretend to be as mentally and physically addicted to me as Wiz Khalifa is to Reefer. Don't want to be without you. Don't want to be with you either. Bitch, put me in a situation in which it's both. I wish in which both it's both. I wish to seek because this ain't love. Uh, and it, it it's that Wiz Khalifa line uh that uh right. kind of gets me because uh you know as we all know Khalifa is uh kind of a weed god <laughs> right I remember the very and this people might I mean and this is just me the first time I ever remembered hearing Jamie and Commons mm-hmm. was on the TV show The Walking Dead. I don't uh, know who that is. Well it was the episode. Do, okay, obviously we all know Walking Dead. The episode where Rick, Michonne, and Carl meet back up with Morgan. Um, spoilers. Spoilers for a fucking movie that came, or for a fucking TV show from like seven years ago. Um, but I hadn't got caught yeah, up yet. This oh, this was way before Negan, so you're fine. Yeah, this is way. Um, this is <laughs> way before Negan. You're good. Um, but nah, he had that one song "Lead Me Home" uh, that was playing at the end uh, after they get back in the car and they leave. And Mark Morgan said he's not going with Rick and all that. Uh, this is before he had his breakdown and went and seen um, the the uh, the guy in the I can't think of that guy's name Eastman. But there you go. Yeah. Um, before he met Eastman, um, but yeah, that's what I remember Jamie and Commons from. Um, I mean, but he I'm sure I heard it, but I didn't know who it was. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of like, uh, like we talked about just a second ago (laughs) in the, uh, TV show Yellowstone. Like there's a lot of good, like the, the, the soundtrack to Yellowstone is really well put together. And there was a lot of people that I had never heard of, or if I did, I didn't know who it was. Uh, right until I did some research. So well, that uh, well, how far are you into Yellowstone now, Talon? Um, I'm only into like the second episode. Oh well, I can't mention that one dude then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the country singer. Yeah, yeah. Dude. And like the funny thing is, like when I first saw him, like and he started singing, I was like I was like I know who it is, and then I was like you don't know who that is, do you? I was like he's he's a musician. She's like he's, he's a country star. I was like, okay, that makes more sense now. Yeah. 
Uh, I can't like I'm trying not to say anything. Right. It's not yeah. split for talent. We we're uh three or four episodes into season three, so season four drops on Peacock. I think in a month. It's it's on uh Paramount Network right now, not Paramount yeah, Plus. Have, yeah, I see, I don't have the network. I have the okay. Plus. So I'm waiting for Peacock to get it, which is that show has the weirdest licenses and rights right now. It really does. So, uh, but so last thoughts about Desperation. It was a good song overall. Good song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think it should have been on just the regular instead of the deluxe, but I, I liked it overall. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up is Groundhog Day. And this song is about Eminem's childhood in Detroit. Uh, but it's based off the 93 movie Groundhog Day. Uh, and if you haven't seen Groundhog Day, spoiler alert, uh, in the movie, the same day repeats itself over and over and over again. And tomorrow never actually happens, happens, signifying the only or the change is only temporary and never lasts. Uh, uh, I didn't yeah. really feel the song. Like, I, I, I know it talks a lot about his youth and everything, but I, I just didn't like the repetitiveness of it. Yeah, I mean it. It was repetitive, but I get it. You know, it was like a. It was almost like a trip down memory lane, almost. Yeah, for him. So, uh, the third verse really sticks out to me, uh, for, oh, for yeah, the, several yeah. lines. But uh, you know, it, it starts off. He says, "Started a group of misfits. Proof had a proposition. If we all band together, there's no stopping this shit." come up with aliases bipolar opposites and be ready to come off the top as sharp uh top is sharp precision <clears throat> if you got dissed at the shop because it because if they caught you slipping they take your spot if someone got to ripping you and you forgot your written uh opportunity knocks once it ain't knocking again i tried ding dong ditching shit i fucking got that bitch in a headlock cut off its oxygen slim it's not budging like cock sucking cinder blocks in the wind now i got a pot to piss in spot in the top position copping over the opposition looking like a dog that's pissing leg up the competition leg and, up on the competition yep uh promising complete domus complete domus dominance sugar ray robinson i'm in a league i'm in a league muhammad's in ali's my colleague bombing them probably end up on top of them stop stomping them like indomitian i'm rushing like a ukraine ladanian tomlinson flow vomits in your face competitors fall off my at my waist you spit a rhyme i spit in a rhyme's face so name the time place to battle bitch i'm still in that mind state uh that shit was hard yeah oh yeah stomping them like indomitian that yeah <laughs> and russian like ukrainian uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh... Well, let's move on to the next song, the next song the list is, um... <laughs> I mean, uh, pain. this that? Yeah. this this song, song came out. Hold on, this song came out in 2013, and it this was like foretelling because oh, they're going to Russia is going to do what Russia wants to do, and they're that's right. Uh, but but yeah, I, I uh, 
this is one of those songs that I had to listen to a few times just to get the punches that were in it. And but it it, it kind of feels more like something you would hear at a rap battle, not yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, where, uh, but like I think this song, he does two different flow styles where he does the long, the long uh, rhythmic sections, and he does quick punchlines on other parts. So it's mm-hmm. it, Eminem. Oh, it, one of the like best things about real good hip hop artists is like their control of the rhythm sections overall and be able to do long and short and be able to mix them in. And this one really did do that a lot of uh, play on that. And it's, that's why I think it's really, it's okay. I, like I said, I just didn't like the repetitive of it. Right. So, but no, uh, I mean, it's still, it's still lyrically and written is well done overall. Just, yeah, I got it the first time, sir. <laughs> I, I know I, I had to, <laughs> I had to listen to it a few times to catch all the punches. Like, I mean, I got some of them first up, but yeah. there was there was some hiddens in there. Uh, what, what do you say about it, Talon? Or are you just ready to move on? No, I, no, I do like the song. Um, I'm just ready to move on. <laughs> okay. Uh, next up <laughs> is the song "Beautiful Pain," uh, and this track marks the first collaboration between Sia and Eminem. And I think I'm saying that Sia. right. Sia. Sia. Uh, who have since then collaborated again on Eminem's uh, Shady 15 track, Guts Over Fear. Uh, At the time of this track was released, Sia was most well known for her collaborations with David Gutta, uh, featured on his smash hits Titanium and She-Wolf. She has since then made a name for herself with multiple chart-topping hits, including one of the most notable ones, Chandelier. Uh, Love that song. Now, the ironic thing about this is she received a ton of backlash from the LGBTQ community for collaborating with Eminem because of his longtime provocative use of homophobic slurs and sentiments in his early career. In response to the backlash, she donated a portion of her proceeds earned from the song to the L.A. LGBT uh, Center. My uh, thing is, like, do they keep forgetting that his fucking AA sponsor is Elton John? And right? they're, like, <laughs> literally... Friends, like, real close friends. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't call them best friends like him and Proof, but... No. I mean, no. like, they get together and hang out and, like, have lunch together and shit like that. And I'm surprised... Yeah. I'm surprised they really haven't collaborated on a song. I mean, they did the, the live version of stand together yeah uh, maybe they just don't want to like ruin they don't want to mix business like their personal business together yeah which i respect because i mean they're they're sober like uh the sobriety partner so i mean it may just be a thing to just yeah not ruin that relationship with like right. just the music business aspect of stuff right you know i mean and, there, and there's some people that you know you you know bond with musically and some people you don't you know and you know yeah obviously go ahead go ahead no no No, go ahead ahead. uh Um, i mean obviously they um you know i mean for 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 sia is that how how it's pronounced yes sia received backlash from them it's like 
how long are you going to hold this grudge? You know, you clearly see that he's immature, especially. Is it because he still uses the homophobic slurs in the the in the? Uh, yeah, he songs? says. I mean, he says he uses the f slur a lot still. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it like, but that's the issue. Is like his his alter ego of Slim Shady is that person that would do that kind of stuff. Right, right. He's playing the gimmick, but I mean, man, you know, you know don't don't gimmick don't gimmick yourself into a shoot there, <laughs> right? <laughs> But no, uh, I mean, I think that's really the issue is that he still he still uses like really hard offensive slurs and just like super stereotypes of them. Right. Uh, but all in all, I thought it was a pretty decent song. I, I really like the song. Like, I, I'm a yeah. big fan of Sia, so. Right. I, I mean, I just I liked it in general <laughs> because of that. But no, it, it his his verses, in it, his yeah, his three verses in this one is pretty good overall. Uh, I think this one I did listen to twice also uh, I was trying to pick up what it was talking about besides just you know just internal pain and stuff like that I was trying to see if there was anything else to it but no it's just you know just battling different kinds of pain I guess right and being in love with I mean some people do love the, the misery <laughs> some people do right. Um, so, uh, next up next is the one. song Wicked Ways, and this is featuring. <laughs> yeah, sorry, but... <laughs> sorry, it caught me off guard. Uh, my way. No, sorry, do sound like Imagine Dragons. I know it ain't him, but yeah, so, um, this, this, uh, Features X Ambassadors, and it was the first uh, collaboration with X Ambassadors. The second being Bad Husband from the Revival album, which we'll talk about next. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but this bonus track from the Mathers LP2 features the return of Ken Kniff. Ken Kniff. Marshall's homosexual character who was last heard on Relapse. Uh, now, M's delivery uh, is similar to his lyrical style on Hell the Sequel uh, with Royce to 5 9. Um, do you do you guys remember this song? Like, this is one of those. <sighs> See, X Ambassadors I... is in that same category as Mad Dragons and Neckwack. They, they're the butt rock. They're very generic styles, and yeah. they sound like same. If you said, "Hold on, time out." You said, "Who?" Imagine dragons and Imagine dragons and Nickelback. Oh, bro, I thought you said Nutback, and I was like, "What? <laughs> Who the yeah. fuck is that?" You don't know about the bad Nutback. Who the fuck Meg, is that? <laughs> How do you not know about Nutback? Come on, man. <laughs> and it's all in the early 2000s. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I don't know. This is a really weird song uh, because he he does like bring back Ken Kniff, which doesn't fit this album at all. 
Yeah, it doesn't. Like that's the only part of the song I don't. The only part of the song I don't like is the whole thing at the end with Ken Kniff. Yeah, it really doesn't make sense why. Like I mean, you know, you know, twenty-two year old me would be like, "Huh, that's pretty funny." Thirty-five year old me is like, eh, "Fucking stupid, whatever," you know. I think I've outgrown funny. I guess I don't fucking know. But it's not. But, it's, but the thing is, like, it's not funny. It's just. It's generic. It's generic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because it like literally, it literally says it's like it's it's not until the outro, but you hear like King Knift going. He's trying to get to the bathroom <sighs> or whatnot, and he's like, "Oh, please be empty. Please be empty. Please be empty. Thank you, God. Shit, is that a girl? I'm gonna rock this blouse and put a cock in my mouth and get my balls blew out and get gay into the AM and lay with eighteen guys naked." And let myself show, let myself show, but fuck it, suck it, pull it, tug it. Life's too short not to stroke your bone. So everybody, everybody, circle jerk, touch my body. Touch my body. <laughs> Who is that? Where are you going? Come back. Why does everybody always leave me? Hello? Fuck you then. Blow it out your ass. <laughs> uh, and then he, like, that. Uh, and that's it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that. Where uh, he says, life's too short not to stroke your bones. So everybody, everybody, circle jerk, touch, touch body. my body. That They used the same cadence and delivery uh, from Berserk. Yeah. In that. Uh, so yeah. this was a, was a really weird song. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Uh, I think. I don't know what he was going for, really, in this song at all. I, the purpose of this song. I mean, it was, it, the song itself is good until that point. Right. Well, in one part in the first verse, he goes, I'm a combination of Skylar Gray, Tyler the Creator, and Violent J. It's a fucking miracle to be this lyrical. Paint my face with clown makeup and a smiley face. Like, okay. Yeah. I don't know. It, it was just, it was a really weird song. Yeah. So... Uh, that's all I got to say about it. It's just really yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's weird. <laughs> uh, all right. Now, the last track on the bonus deluxe edition. Uh, and Don't for, fruit. Right? For anybody who bought or, or ordered the Call of, Go- Call of Duty Ghost and Marshall Mathers LP2 bundle, they got this track. Uh, it's also a bonus track on the Bezify version of Shady 15. Uh, it samples the beat from uh, the 93 song I Got You Open by the New York group Black Moon. Uh, Don't Front is used by Eminem to pay homage and remind people of the real rappers. One might notice every first line of each verse is an homage to the original. Wait, hold on. Every first, every first line mm-hmm. of each first launched the original. Yep. Uh, I have to go look listen to it. Eh? So, well, uh, used to get bent now or represent to the fullest uh, is a direct reference to Buckshot's first line of the song in "I Got You Open." Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The first line to the uh second verse second one. is Rest uh, proof yep uh 
it was um that uh so uh and then the uh first line to the third verse uh he's referencing the mid 2000s drug addiction that escalated after proof died uh and it's also a reference to the original song song where buckshot said late at night i catch a buzz then i write that type of sh- type of ill shit to make the mind feel tight yeah right so Uh, um, I like the song. I like the song overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought yeah, this I was a pretty, pretty good, good song. Yeah, right. It should have been on the, the regular one, Bruh. All right. So I didn't want to have to go to Best Buy to get this. Right. Right. So you just <laughs> the, the outro set. The outro is like you know I got your open kid. Stop fronting. You know I got your open kid. Word life. Basic economics. Yeah. I'm untouchable, so I'm forcing you to film. Sorry. More life. I mean, I could rap that whole thing in my heart. <laughs> Me too. Still the greatest theme song ever. <laughs> All right. So, you think you're untouchable. That's what we should do that as a, as the, uh, who you got for us on best theme songs. Either that or we can just review John Cena's I'm just kidding. I mean, I, I got the album. I, I got the album too. I'm down if you're down. I don't know if we want to review the album because uh, that good. I'm just saying we can we if we if we can review the album we can review the album why not? Uh, well, right now we're reviewing the Eminem album. Uh, so any last thoughts? Uh, overall, Sorry, we we're talking about the greatest white rapper alive. Yeah, that's Eminem. Um, <clears throat> uh, it's John Felix Alexander Cena. Man, I I need <laughs> just be happy he didn't say riff raff this time, okay? I, I just need some of that good shit that you are smoking because it's, it's called tired. Yeah. Um but anyway, uh overall thoughts from this album. Definitely better than relapse. <laughs> Extremely better. Well, hell any everything that he's well, I won't say everything. This t- this album was definitely better than Relapse. You're right, but I don't think it was better than Recovery. I don't think opinion. it was either. Like I said, I, I I didn't hate the album, but I just feel like it was very average, like very like midline for a lot of this stuff. Like I I I mean, I'd probably rate it like a six and a half or a seven overall. But I mean, after Recovery, I and it'd be trying to be sort of a direct. Not a direct sequel, but sort of a sequel to uh, Marshmallow LP. I mean, it just—I guess it just didn't—it didn't continue on what it already had done, what was done before, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, can, I like—I can I li- see that. I like the record. Um, I don't think it's as—I don't think it's as good as Marshall Mathers one. My opinion, I think I like Marshall Mathers one better than I do this one. Oh, for sure. Um. I, I like recovery better than this. Um, I would say if I had to like rank it, I'd put it somewhere in between. I don't see. That's the thing. I don't think the album's trash, so I really don't want to put I mean, it down low. You know what above, I mean? Definitely above relapse. 
Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely above relapse. I don't know if I could put. It's not above one. It's definitely not above recovery. Ooh, I would probably put it above encore, maybe. Uh, but uh, that's what I'm saying, maybe, because that that's difficult. Uh, I mean, we still haven't reviewed. We still haven't reviewed uh, Kamikaze yet, which uh, we'll get to that here in a little bit. Um, I mean, I could I could probably put it above Encore. It, it, it's in between Encore and Eminem Show. Yeah. But like you said, we haven't reviewed the other ones yet. Uh, so we still got to do Revival, uh, Music Get Murdered By, Kamikaze, Kamikaze. And- that's it, right? I think so. Oh, if you want to do the B sides, you can. I mean, yeah. I, well, yeah. I figured those would have been one, one and two of each other, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, we also <coughs> do uh, Infinite. I forgot Infinite. <laughs> right. Then the D twelve albums. Yeah. So what? Okay. So, <laughs> last question of the night. Give me your three favorite songs on this particular album. Uh, my favorite one was Berserk. Okay. Uh, Berserk. Uh, Legacy. Uh, ooh, Evil Twin or Beautiful Pain, maybe. I don't know. I'm sitting between those two. I'd probably say Beautiful Pain just because I'm a, I'm a CM Mark. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, Legacy, uh, Love Game, just because I think him and Kendrick had good chemistry, and um, Survival for me. I like I like the song Survival. Chip, what about you? Uh, Berserk, Legacy. Um... Headlights with an honorable mention to bad guy. Yeah. Because of the continuation of the story of Stan? Yes. I I like how, like, if there was, uh, obviously, if there's any song that was a direct sequel to something he's already done, it was bad guy and the storytelling. Now, mind you, this is the longest song on the album at seven minutes and 14 seconds. Um, but to get that storytelling in there, the way that he did, like that's, that's why it's in my honorable mention. Okay. So I just, I went back and I took a peek at the berserk music video and Kendrick Lamar's in it. Yeah. And I just like, why? Like, it's just, it's so weird that they've only done one song together. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but he's in his, but like he's in each other like music video for a song he's not even on like so confused. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, yeah. that has been the rap rewind of the Marshall Mathers LP two. Join us again in two weeks when we review 
the album Revival, which came yep. out four years after, yeah, after. Uh, and I gotta be honest, I've I haven't really heard that many songs. Well, you have two weeks revival. to listen, brother. Yeah, two weeks to listen. Yep. So just listen to it the night before, <laughs> right? So it's fresh on your mind, right? I might do that. All right. That being said, uh, anything else y'all want to say before we bounce out here tonight? As always, check out movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things movement radio. Anything for you, Raj? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I can't think of anything right now. I was trying to think of something, but no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. Um, oh, shout out hold to- on, sorry. Yes, go we, ahead. We actually did uh, uh, the evening with with. These Ninjas podcast was two of the members out of the five. Uh, hopefully get that uploaded soon. Uh, we did a video, so we're going to have video. Hopefully it comes out good. And obviously the audio one. Yep. You'll be able to check that out on our YouTube channel and uh, anywhere you can get your podcast. Absolutely. Uh, a couple of quick shout outs. Shout out to Sean Thompson at Thompson Personal Straining. Um, Jerry and Jennifer at the Chronic Conversations Podcast, Andrew and Sean at the Warrior Workout Network, twitch.tv slash Unleashed Demon, um, and should I watch that with Sean Miller? 21,000 downloads. I think, are we are we at 22 yet? Almost. We're less We're than 200 22. away. Let's push that. Push that, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get us to 2,200. Uh, 22,000, I apologize. 22, 22. Why not? Um, that being said, um, yeah, thank you guys for tuning into this episode. We'll see you back here next week for uh, Battle Topics and then two weeks for the Revival of uh, Rap Rewind. And uh, it should be fun. We'll talk to you guys next time. Let's hit them with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe. Click that bell to get notified of our latest videos and check out movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. I'm Roger Sierra. And Eminem does not allow cussing in his house. This is Movement Radio. God's point that one. Your fault.